in Hello there! You are listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for Neighbors! Yeah! Yeah! Holy cats. Fine, settle down, Kelly Wand. Sorry, too soon. Uh, my name is Tom Chick, and I am here to discuss Neighbors with you. Maybe you've seen it. Uh, and along with me, we have Christian Malinsky. Actually, in, in my country, Malinsky is the title. Uh, my name is Chancellor. And with, <laughs> with our neighbor's tagline, Kelly Wand. Mm, there's this thing they might want to look into called fences. Very good. I like that, Kelly Wand. Good delivery. It was, a, it was a nice elliptical reference to a well-known maxim. Um, the magazine? <laughs> Is that their slogan? What are you talking about? Uh, you like it, or are you on the fence about it? <laughs> oh, look at you. See? I got three of them. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Neighbors. But first... Tom. Yes, Kelly Horn. What trailer that even made? Go, I finished that sentence, actually. I'm sorry I interrupted you. I was going to ask what trailers you guys saw. <laughs> oh, uh... Can't remember. I don't think uh, care. Twenty Two Jump Street, which you consider a spoiler. Yeah, don't don't watch that trailer. It'll give things away. I actually understand that the neighbors trailer gives things away. Oh, there's a new trailer for the Thousand Ways to Die in the West. It gives away. Do you care? Oh my God! There's I I can't. I don't think there's a single movie I care less about. To be perfectly honest, Dingus, can you name one movie that you care less about than A Thousand Ways to Die in the West, starring there's the back to Is A Thousand Ways the uh, prequel to A Million Ways? Uh, to however many. I don't even care enough about it to get the title Ooh, right. Ooh, sick burn. Yeah. So, Dingus, name one movie you care about less than Seth MacFarlane's A Million Ways to Die in the West. Go. Uh, did the Josh Brolin movie Labor Day already come out? I care about that because it's Josh Brolin and a woman who I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure is a good actress. Is it? The, the Reader. Reader? What? Oh, oh, uh, 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 Kate Winslet. Yeah, I care about that. I see movies because actors are in it. Well, I no, no. Here, I'll do you one better for Labor Day. Uh, wasn't it directed by Jason Reitman, Dingus? Ah, uh, you're right. Well, well put. Director You've... of Juno. You were a fan of Juno, as a, am I. Uh, I. I do care about Labor Day. So, Ellen what... Page is very brave for doing Juno. Okay, sorry. What were you saying? Uh, I didn't get that reference, but I'm sure it was very clever, and that the people who did get it loved it. Kelly Warren. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about Neighbors without spoiling it. Dingus. Wait, wait. Oh, yes. I saw Red, White, and Blue, if you wanted to ask me anything about it. Um, let's see. Well, we – I don't know – well, uh, so that's a movie that I've mentioned before. Ask me to see. I finally did it. Good, good. Are you glad you did it? Yeah, I really liked it. It's a, I, I love it, and it makes me want to see everything Simon Rumley has done. He did another movie before Red, White, and Blue, which I think he's much closer to the material. It's more like about a personal experience he went through with his mother dying, uh, and I never would have guessed from it that he was capable of Red, White, and Blue. So don't know where he's going from there. But now, Kelly Wand, you can see his little short, which is uh, under the letter P in ABCs of Death. So you're, you're ready for that. That'll take a lot less time than Red, White, and Blue. A little short. Uh, should Dingus see Red, White, and Blue? Nah, I don't know. I see, know. Dingus is tricky. He's an enigma wrapped in a conundrum. Well, guy. it might be a bit too much for him, don't you think? Mm, yeah, but he, he likes to surprise us. See, I could do it. I'm tough. All right, well, Dingus, 
Dingus, when you're feeling tough, uh, maybe give red, white, and blue a chance. Now, I know Dingus would love red, white, white and blue for certain reasons. It was yeah, it's, it's really actorly. He likes very, good actors. Very actorly and just the way it tells the story. And uh, no, Dingus would love red, white, and blue, as, as I think a lot of the listeners would. Um, I'm glad you finally saw it. So maybe work it into a three by three sometime, Kelly Wand, and and we can uh, have more talk of this. It was in interrogations. Is that what you put? See, in? so we did interrogations last week, and sort of my point in picking Zero Dark Thirty as my favorite interrogation is that now people confuse interrogation and torture. They are not the same thing. Uh, no, it, they're not. And everybody was like, "Oh, interrogation, Syriana, George Clooney gets his fingernails torn out." That's not an interrogation. That is torture. Uh, and but the job interviews. We, well, interrogation is just questions and nope, answers. We have a term for enhanced interrogation, and that's a euphemism for torture. Uh, so when people now, I mean, now Big Brother's work is done because now interrogation and torture are the same thing. Nice work, government. Thanks. Well, that's just biology, bro. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe um, all those pop references and Neighbors, and they did manage a Zero Dark Thirty reference. Good yeah. for them. Good job, neighbors. So let's talk. Uh, Dingus, don't don't spoil neighbors by giving any of the plot points or the twists away. But tell the listeners a little bit about this movie. Maybe they haven't seen it. Don't spoil anything for them. Just give them the basics, Dingus. Um, this week we saw Neighbors, mm. a 2014 American movie that was released as Bad Neighbors internationally. Oh, is that true? Uh, yeah. Is that supposed to be under the sort of the bad Santa, bad teacher rubric, like one of those kind of things, I wonder? I, I think they just wanted to make clear this is an American movie. <laughs> uh, it was directed by Nicholas Stoller and written by Andrew J. Cohen and Brendan O'Brien, both of whom wrote a comedy short called Acting with James Franco. Have you seen that comedy short? No, but that one stars Dave Franco. This movie stars Lisa Kudrow. Oh. That's all I have to say about who stars in this movie. Oh, it's uh, the movie is about a couple who buys a house and some frat boys move in next door. Uh, Neighbors is rated R. Oh, yeah. For? Yes, Dingus. My theory in action. Pervasive language. Mm. Strong, crude, and sexual content. Mm-hmm. Graphic nudity. What? What's the, what? Whatever. And <laughs> Kelly Wand, a dildo, a dildo counts as nudity, Kelly Wand. People who give a shit about movie ratings don't know what pervasive means. Uh, and it sounded like there were some drugs in there. Go ahead, Dingus. And drugs so, throughout. Throughout, yep. I just had a cool idea for ratings. Let's, we should add a max cutoff, too. So, like, over 17, but yeah. under 65. Like, we should have a max cutoff for this yeah. movie, because as uh, we sat there watching the credits roll for this movie, uh, I saw a mom stand up with her teenage son, and he was a young teenager. He was probably like 13. I'm like, really, mom? That's great. And then she held her hand out behind her, and her seven-year-old daughter took her hand, and they all walked out of the theater together. Uh, it's allowed. All our means is parental guidance. Like, yeah, parental guidance out. rejected. Right, so that you can just do it if you want. It's restricted to only a company. Minors must be accompanied yeah. by a parent. She held his hand. <laughs> Actually, so. R should be Let's... parental guidance revoked. Um, so neighbors so it's not thing is neighbors is not going to achieve the heights that it attained if the kids stay home. And here's what we uh, America has to say about Neighbors. It is the number one movie this weekend. <laughs> oh, Plus, no. Uh, it, it, got, it, it 
totally beat the Spider-Man movie. That's the good news. That's good. It also it broke records. It's right in the top tier of successful R-rated comedies. It beat. Here's some movies it beat: uh, The Heat. The original Hangover, as far as beating comedies that aren't part of a series, like the later Hangovers uh, did very well, but the number one opening uh, that Neighbors enjoyed, with $51 million, by the way, beat The Heat, Hangover, 21 Jump Street, and Bridesmaids. Oh, I hate that part. Yeah, better than all of them. It's right up there with Ted. Ted did something like it. Ted did $53 million when it opened. Uh, neighbors. Fifty-one million dollar opening, hugely, hugely successful for uh, I think Universal. There, there's, there's champagne corks a popping over. We're geniuses. Now let's look at. Oh, you're kidding me! Well, let's look at the critical uh, reaction to this. Now that we're, (laughs) I have to say that uh, I I went to see it with my girl, and uh, and she totally called that it would be the first movie. It would be number one, and I said, "No way! It's an R-rated movie. There's plenty of other stuff." Spider-Man. What's a soft May if we're seeing it? That's the definition. Well, let's see what the critics thought. On Metacritic, which is the average rating uh, from various reviews, it's at 68. Almost the funniest number. (laughs) (laughs) So close. Uh, On Rotten Tomatoes... PG-13 version of it. uh, The percentage of reviews that are positive at Rotten Tomatoes, 74%. Wow. Nearly Hardly three, any parallax. Nearly three out of four uh, reviewers were like, yeah, neighbors, thumbs up. I like it. Fourth one it. The fourth one was like, Ew, no, yeah, no. Terrible. Yeah. It was brother against brother. Uh, and yep. we'll find out which side we fall onto that divide oh. after Kelly Wan provides us with a synopsis of the events of neighbors, perhaps a nebropsis. Mm, that's actually a good guess. Except I, I like that one actually. Mm, should we just go with that? Yeah, let's have a nabropsis, Kelly Wand. I, I had nabsis, but no, it seems paltry. Yeah, I like mine better. Like Roger. I like mine better. I like mine better. <laughs> Tom whimpered. <clears throat> nabropsis, right, Tom? They say that right? Yep. Uh, yes. Seth Brogan's and Emily Blount live together in a house that has a baby in it, or as the wife calls it, a Barbie. Since the Barbie's still two weeks shy of being too old to want to watch Seth Brogan fuck, and its parents haven't heard of Cribs, it keeps watching. Seth Brogan tries to trick it by turning its chair around and hoping it forgets that the chair has wheels, but he forgets how necks work. I've been on this date as the baby. Stop watching us fuck, Wand. I just have to say, a house that had a baby in it is perfect. I'm just saying what I saw, Dingus. I know, it's perfect. You're really thanking the movie makers for going getting a 68. <sighs> TMI'd bar. I can only finish when a baby is watching me, so I got a lot of work done during this movie. <laughs> fuck that up, kind of. Cut that out, Tom. Every time there's a reaction shot of this fucking baby, which is every 20 seconds, my Orange County audience is all, aww. I nudge the three-year-old breastfeeding beside me and go, gee, I guess R-rated comedy should be for everybody. It sheshes me. The audience applauds. Tom texts me from across town. I'm pretty sure they're applauding me. <laughs> See, Tom? Tricked ya. We know that Seth Brogan and Jennifer L. are cool parents, because when their female friend... <laughs> 
it's a pretty dense sentence. We know that Seth Rogen did it for Elder Cool Parents because when their female friend twerks them to come to a rave at the Roxbury, they decide to bring the baby with them, but instead fall unconscious, fully dressed right next to it for six hours. The baby's all, at least the baby in Under the Skin got a trip to the beach. So help me find a couple. <laughs> uh, that's sweet. I thought they'd just be annoyed by that. To help me find a couple that, with a baby more relatable by the process of elimination, Jared Leto's fraternity moves in next door. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so what happened in the movie? Yeah, give, well, that hat he has in that one scene. That's perfect. The wife's all, good day, mates. Nice to finally meet some dingoes who don't hate my baby. I like hate with an H. The MacGuffin of the entire movie is that they want Gerolito's frat to keep the noise levels down at night, because that's traditionally the time of day that babies are at their quietest. <sighs> that's the premise of the biggest, uh, the hottest selling comedy ever, Tom. It's even more infuriating. It's fucking baby-centric. To close the deal, they leave their baby to fend for itself all night and head over to hang out with Jared Leto and eat all his shrooms. He and Seth Brogan also argue over who is the better Batman, Kilmer or Affleck. But but find common ground by agreeing that the all-time best Wolverine would have been John Belushi in his prime before he let himself go. Seth Brogan's and his best friend Terry Gilliam both have the perfect job if you're stoners. They're accountants. His boss is all, hey, I think I have a baby, too. Come over for dinner. Bosses always do this. But Seth Brogan's all, sorry, bro. I only hang out with young people, so they'll make less noise. Meanwhile, back at Delta House next door, things are really heating up. Zach Vanakis makes everybody watch home movies made by their ancestors. They show that in 1920, Andy Samberg invented Greek theater. Then in 1970, a guy invented sideburns. Then in 1986, Booger invented scholarships. Zach Braff wants to invent something, so his picture's on the one last small wall space that the fraternity has left blank for over four generations just so he can do this one speech. His vice president's all, hey, look, and invents boners. All the guys cheer and go, whoop, whoop. There's something they haven't seen before. Although Jared Leto told Seth Brogans to call him before the cops if there's a noise issue, the sound of the boners too loud for Zack Snyder to hear his phone. Or maybe that sounds also as ringtone. And he just gets confused. Or maybe he just doesn't give a shit, in which case I finally relate. The cops come and don't give a shit either. Instead of working things out through drugs, which worked before, the frat boys trick Seth Brogan and the cops by showing an old lady who lives across the street how to find their driveway using her walker. I find myself vaguely wondering who the frat's neighbors are on the other side and whether anyone else on the block has babies, or if Terry Gilliam lives on the street too. But I guess it's all fine. The frat boys play a hilarious but admittedly cruel prank on the Brogans by all pretending to be Robert De Niro. I noticed they do uh, De Niro from the family, by the way. Tom. I don't think anyone does. Although Zach Taylor's later set up as a dimwit (laughs) were meant to pity because of his inability to get a job as a telemarketer. He's kind of a mastermind when it comes to stealing the Brogans' car's airbags and knowing exactly where he and his friends sit at work as well. Wait. Period. (laughs) (laughs) The friend's even been sitting for a while when his airbag goes off. That's how smart Zach Summerhalder is. As the movie lengthens, Seth Brogan and Australian Julie Haggerty decide the best way to get (laughs) evicted. 
I can't remember who's who, Tom. I have too many famous people in my forelobe. Uh, yeah, best way to get threat evicted, <laughs> where I guess they all live, is to trick Zach's friend's dick into the vagina of a blonde girl Zach's currently sleeping with, which hinges triumphantly on assuming that fraternity guys are rigidly monogamous, and also on Seth Broken at the last second remembering how vision works. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, comedy. They also get a character we've never seen before named Ass Juice to trick Ashton Kutcher by wearing glasses, but this time their plan backfires by all the frat guys making candles out of their dicks. At this turn of events, I nudge the empty seat beside me and go, talk about waxing poetic, huh, Danielson? Then I nudge it and go, I've heard of sparing the rod, but in this case, I'll tallow it. Tallow? Okay. The seat ignores me. I'm just starting to formulate something clever to say involving the phrase extended edition, but then the chair has to be transferred to another theater. Although earlier in the movie, Zach Pants tricked the Broganses by capturing their party behavior on his phone camera. He forgets to reuse this tactic when Mrs. Brogans uses a Roman candle to blow up the police car, and the cops forget to ask what happened, so the movie starts to end. <laughs> get there. Terry Gilliam jumps off a balcony for no reason and gets his leg cut off, but nobody cares, so it heals in seconds. <laughs> they really didn't follow that part up, did they? Yeah, really, he limped for a minute. Yeah, he limped for a minute, and then, but she didn't go, by the way, I couldn't help but notice as we're hugging your leg is totally, never mind. He goes outside to the female character who's not Australian and goes, I guess we're not divorced anymore. Six months later, Seth Brogan sees Zach Akron at his new age. Wait, new job. Sorry. <laughs> I zoned out. Standing shirtless outside AT&T, so he takes his shirt off too and goes, Hey, remember when I sent you to prison and ruined your life? Zach's all, yes. They high-five and walk around <laughs> saying things. <laughs> That's from the script. But also the tagline. Right. Seth Brogan's all, hey, what happened to all your friends? Zach's all, they went to Florida. Seth Brogan's all, uh, oh yeah, so I guess you got your picture put on the wall after all. Heroically in handcuffs, just like the hero of Oculus. Too bad that wall's no longer in a frat house, though, huh? Zach's all, yes. They wait for the movie to be over. Finally, Seth Brogan's all, hey, this will be pretty R-rated. He raises the baby dressed as a grown-up. All around me, the Irvine grandmas are all, aww. While I take advantage of their drooling rapture and the babies to skedaddle for the exit, I experiment by looking at nothing and go, how could this day get any worse? The doors to the opposite auditorium showing the other woman crash open and a bunch of people emerge wiping tears of laughter. One dude's all, <laughs> she went into a bank in Jamaica. <laughs> His wife laughs, squirting what I hope is milk out her nose and ears into my face. Then they cross the lobby to pay the box office more money out of sheer gratitude. Eventually, I leave and write this. The end. Thank you, Kelly. I like the coda. That was a... Yeah. A lot of movies don't know how to end. Sometimes a lot of synopses don't know how to end. That wasn't an issue here, at least for your synopsis. Well, it's over now is the good news. So it sounds like you didn't like uh, Neighbors. Mm, I like 
you're always the other woman. What I'll did you take, wait, 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 wait. I'll I'll just that bucket. Wait, wait, let me think about this. Maybe I'm No, no, you, you just said you liked it more than the other woman. I just want to make sure we have that on the record. <laughs> you said that, Kelly Wand. You cannot Look, unsay it. In the last 20 minutes, I think I chuckled a little. But it's not good. <laughs> and unlike this is the end, I didn't believe in any of these characters, although I did like both black guys and the vice president. But where this is the end made me feel affection for L.A., like a stupid hot girl. Like, neighbors reminded me, like, L.A. is actually kind of lame. This is not L.A. This is Ardendale. I can read between the lines. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, podcasting about comedy is stupid. Like, this is the number one movie this weekend. So, obviously, some people found all that baby shit hilarious. Humor is very subjective. Who are we to give it less than a 68. Three out of four I, critics uh, liked it, Kelly Wand. I love, I love the line, I like both black guys and the president, Kelly Wand. No, the vice president. No, oh, sorry. Zach, uh, I didn't like as much. Dennis, did you like Neighbors? Oh, no, I hated it. I can't believe how much I hated it. I hated it so much, I can't stop hating it. Even now, I hate it. It sounds I, like you're hating it more as time goes on. Like It's not like your hate is abating. Your hate is, is increasing, it sounds like. No, my hate is master. Baiting. It's 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 it's. <laughs> that's the kind of joke I would expect from neighbors. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly Efron. Because this, this movie is a virus pointer. in my brain. I I hate it so much. Thing is, let and, it go. And let it I go. Realized, it's over. I, I heard people saying it, it had a huge like Rotten Tomatoes rating, and it was number one. I'm so mad. I it. I, my entire audience, nobody laughed. Every now and then, I would chuckle. It didn't? And, like. I have such a loud laugh, I would be embarrassed because I could do my own laugh. Like, everybody in the theater is like, God, who's that guy who's enjoying it? There was like a couple moments I laughed, but I was nice. laughing at – I was also laughing at things I was saying about it, things I, the person I was seeing with was saying about it. But it was – it's just so unfunny and so – it's terrible. I hate it. This is Wait. one of those things that I, I would characterize, and I, I forget where – I said this before. Maybe it was about that, that due date movie with Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Zach Galifianakis. But I, I get the feeling watching this that it's not entertainment so much as it's product. It's uh. a product. They put in Seth Rogen to do his thing. They create this this tailored appeal to you know sort of tap into this uh, sort of Animal House kind of frat boy party but culture. With a heart. Um, but with a heart. And then they also add you know the cute observational humor from a newborn from a new parent's perspective you know the oh, young adorable parents with a cute little baby so it's product it's totally cobbled together it's all concept and no execution the actual movie to me is like bits and pieces of someone's half-assed stand-up comedy routine which is based on really obvious observational humor peppered with pop culture references furthermore so you got that and then you throw in one obligatory gross-out scene and then you're you're good, and you package this product, Ugh. and you release it, and you market it, um, and then fifty one million dollars worth of people go and see it on opening weekend, uh, and we'll get a neighbors too, I bet. Um, Ugh, what? That story. The story's over. No, no, definitely. Uh, it'll be something. Who knows? I bet. I guarantee you that this will be Universal will follow up on this with some. You know, Zac Efron and Seth Rogen. I mean, they they probably would love the opportunity to do another thing like this, and. and I guarantee you, I almost guarantee you we'll see a, a sequel to this. Mm, well, remember when... Weekend. Uh, product, and that's I mean, that's how product works. People want to buy it. It's like there's a Grown Ups 2 as well. There will be a Neighbors 2. Yeah, I can't we don't see the Grown Ups to know how awful those are. Uh, right. 
and unfortunately, I did see this. But I'm a this is the end apologist. But let me just say, it kind of reminded me when Rocky Six came out, and everyone was like, "Oh, that's kind of good." And then he makes he made like Rambo the next year, and then everyone went, oh, "See, we we're too nice to him." That's what happens. It's so like that's how I feel now about this is the end. Like I should have. But I'm a Rambo apologist. You mean the last one with uh, Julie Benz? Yeah, you like that one? Yeah, I'm totally an apologist for that one. Uh, no, he doesn't do yep. anything. He's just on that one gun for the whole movie, that one chain gun at the end. Nope, it's the one gross scene with the chain. No, I'm totally. Dingus, where do you fall on the, the last Rambo movie? Are you with me or Kelly Wan? <laughs> Is that the one where he rescues all those people from that little... Yeah. Wait. Yeah, he's totally roided up. I mean, he's, it's totally yeah, old. I, I liked that. I was surprised. Yeah, I liked that. See? All right, Kelly Wan. bad. Kelly Wand, odd man out once again. Although, I, I don't quite understand what you mean by product, because this this whole movie feels like... Like like scenes from a rehearsal, and and I and I don't you know I, I'm like how much of this was script? How, how much of this is two guys in a room going? Let's work for a couple hours on the script now. Let's just smoke a joint, um, and then let's just survive on a couple of the names Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen and get through it. I don't understand what you mean by product. I don't get it because because it doesn't seem to me to be anything packageable. I don't understand this. I I don't understand who the audience for this movie is supposed to be. So I don't understand who. I mean, I I, I I have to trust that you know that you're right about this because clearly, fifty one million thousand people bought it. But I don't get what the product is. It ain't us. No, I'll tell you what the, I mean, the product is clearly you get women in by showing Zac Efron. You know, people know him from High School Musical. He's he's a, a clean cut. You know, he he's a marketable commodity basically. You get you get one uh, demographic with him. You get the stoner culture demographic with Seth Rogen. You get the ah family demographic with with the little baby. You know, the right. actual the marketing for this I think is, is it's it's totally uh, getting to this point. It's Zac Efron and it's Seth Rogen and it's the baby. You know, the baby just happens to be on Seth Rogen's side of the poster, but it's totally those three things, and they're both in a separate side, so you get this sense, ooh, they're going to fight each other. You know, who's going to win in a battle between the stoner and the clean-cut uh, high school musical guy? Um, oh, I see. Okay. I think, I think it's, I think, I mean, if I was at Universal, I'd be like, yeah, you guys run with this. This is brilliant. I don't care yeah. if it's good. Um, the computer well, spat those names out. Well, but this movie is totally a poster. I mean, even my kid noticed the poster. I mean, you're, you're right about that, I guess. It's just that I'm. I guess I'm confusing uh, product with execution because none of those things actually pan out. But. Well, I see. I say product rather than any sort of entertainment. And I'm, I'm using that right. to avoid. Like I don't want to get into whole. What is art? Like when when people ask, are, are video games art? I think that's the wrong question. Video games are entertainment. Same with movies. Are movies art? That's the stupid question. Movies are entertainment. It's just um, semantics. And and this I don't think is entertainment. I didn't find this the leap bit entertaining and i don't know that the people making it care if it's entertaining they make it as product you know this gets oh, in this okay. demographic this gets in that demographic here's how we're going to market it I, I guarantee the people at universal probably knew it wasn't funny and they probably didn't care i mean these are for i don't know is this the mm. first time to these are these are not names that i recognize and i don't recall seeing uh the writer's names on a bunch of scripts um this is probably made for relatively cheap uh, no, uh, and again, the the two dudes I mentioned, they did that. They wrote a short with James Franco's name, and the only way, I'm, the only reason they mentioned that is because Dave Franco ends up in the movie. Well, I mean, Nicholas Stoller, he right? he didn't do anything, but f he's done a couple of movies. He did Five Year Engagement. He did Get Him to the Greek. He did Forgetting oh Sarah God, Marshall. Great. 
five-year um, engagement I tried to watch. It was awful. No, no, it's it's impossible to watch. There's a couple moments that are good in it, but it's terrible to watch. Forgetting Sarah Marshall has a couple of good moments too, but I mean, there's there's no there's nothing about putting together a cohesive unit of a movie beyond maybe a first weekend. So other than that, I understand what you're saying about product. It's just uh, I couldn't understand after seeing it who is this supposed to appeal to, but that doesn't matter. It's it's designed to get somebody to buy something, not to enjoy it. Right. But these, uh, I resent the the attempt to make me think that Zac Efron's funny. Zac Efron, I actually, I mean, I uh, did you see me and Orson Welles, Kelly Wand? There, there's a movie where Zac Efron plays, you know, the fresh-faced young kid coming to New York to be an actor, and uh, he throws in his lot with uh, what's the theater that. There's some, whatever theater it was that Orson Welles worked, Orson Welles worked with in New York. Um, Zac Efron plays this kid who starts working at that theater. Um, and there's an actor named Christian McKay who does an incredible Orson Welles impression. He mainly carries the movie, but Zac Efron does a great job of playing the sort of the the coming of age figure uh, in uh, Meet Orson Welles. So I kind of like the guy, and he's you know he's charming, mm-hmm. and he's not he does like Dingus said. I forget who Dingus said this about. Uh, oh, he's, I think he said it about Kate Upton and the other woman. He knows how to deliver a line without stumbling over the cadence of how people. He's talk. better, yes, he's a better actor than Kate Upton. <laughs> so not as good as Harrison Ford. Um, but I, I don't necessarily fault anything Zac Efron was doing here. I mean, there's nothing really. He's, I don't think he's a good improviser. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, I wonder how much what the percentage was of, the wife. of trying to improvise and script is here. And I, I agree. I, I think Zac Efron does fine. I think he's the victim of horrible editing. Yeah. Uh, by yeah, the right. by the way, Tom, I think it's Mercury Theater that you're thinking. Mercury, of. thank you, Dingus. Um, but but Zac Efron, for, for instance, that that first scene with the frat where he has to do history of fratology, and it's just a bunch of self-indulgent, like, here we're going to have Andy Samberg show up in an, in an old black-and-white clip, and here we're going to have this guy show up in an old black-and-white clip, or frats come up with all these different... And, and it just goes on and on and on. Zach Efron does fine. He's just... The, the editing is horrible. They don't, they don't edit it for comedy. And I think Zach Efron could have been perfectly funny had the editor... And the director made him funny, and that's what editors and directors do. Yeah. And and I well, think he very well could have been funny. He's earnest. He's trying this. <laughs> he's trying several like weird kind of things comically. When he, especially in that scene with Ass Juice, I mean, he's he's got some things going yeah. for him. He's 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 well, Scad's better than Kate Epton, um, but but he doesn't get he. There's nobody to edit him into a good performance, and that's what editors and directors have to do. They have to edit performances into a good performance. Um, but he's not bad. It's just that well, there's there's nothing here. There's no comic. There's no comic sensibility in this movie whatsoever. I'm not going to necessarily blame the actors, other than Seth Rogen, who I'm just getting so tired of now. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so tired of him. And and then to make Rose Byrne look so bad. I mean, they're just they they look like they're screaming at each other in rehearsal. I mean, it really does. There's there's two there's two sequences in this where we're just throwing ideas out at each other. We're just throwing like name gags, 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 and that usually that's. That's something that you improvise, and then you edit down to something that's funny. They don't bother to do that in this movie at all. And and so I, I blame the director and editor completely for those things, and I certainly don't blame blame him, Zac Efron. Uh, I guess I don't really – like I said before, like I usually give actors a free pass 
and the writers usually it's all at their doorstep. But in this, I think there was supposed to be more improvisational kind of stuff than in even most comedies, including the other woman. Well, isn't that kind of a trademark of like how Seth yeah. stuff works? But they sure kept. But garbage. here it feels like laziness, not, not. Yeah, I know it is. They see they're, they're cocky. They got cocky off. This is the end, and then they just phoned it in. <laughs> no, he just got cocky well too. before that because this is the end is just as bad as this. Mm, can't say that. No, uh, see, okay, okay. okay. At least, at least this? you have. Yeah, never mind. Go ahead. Wait, what? Come on, dread. You the guy, the, the, the guy who's crucified on a flagpole. I can't think of his name. It's not Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, 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 uh, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. At least you have Michael Sarah being totally hilarious. To see in those jokes, just as self-indulgent. I mean, I think Seth Rogen went astray well before this, and and he just gets to get high and try to make movies. I, I don't. There's there's no discipline whatsoever in this movie, and you need discipline if you're going to have you need some sort of structured discipline to make some sort of improvisation work, and there's none of that here. Um, I'm not even sure that I understand the premise of the movie. Is it? I don't think the movie does either, because as I was watching it, I kept waiting for. I, I, I kept being surprised at. Well, wait a minute. These frat guys are perfectly reasonable, yeah, exactly. and I don't understand the, the conflict here is pretty uh, easy. Survived, and yeah. yeah, this could be worked out. And these guys are great, and I like them, and I want to hang out with them. I thought they were going to be there's going to be gosh, right? All this stuff about you know the misunderstanding about the cops. So then there's, I mean, all of it is so manufactured. And all of them too. He's a major plot point, and his his things are just arbitrary. Yeah, I, I, who did you say was a major plot point? Well, the cop, his decisions to tell to well, that, like, well, rat there's, there's no there's no callback to the first joke. Yeah, there's, no there's no payoff to anything. But yeah, there's no payoff with a lot of the jokes in this movie. This movie doesn't know how to well, make. It's never paid off. And and, that's, and, that, and the that. family isn't a real family. I mean, these aren't people who had a parent. That's who are who are parents. That's that's why your joke about a house with a baby in it is perfect because these aren't people who have a kid. This has nothing to do with that. I was mainly confused by hearing Rose Byrne's accent. I don't think I'd ever heard that. Oh, before. that was so confusing. Wasn't that was that confusing? really weird. I mean, I, I've always known she was Australian, but I don't think I've ever seen her speak in, in full flesh, you know, with her Australian accent in full bloom. And that was really weird. <laughs> Why yeah, in was... this movie of all movies did they decide <laughs> to finally acknowledge that she's an Aussie? <laughs> it's really, it really does freak you out. Especially, it's, it seems like they're do, they're setting up a chancellor joke, and they don't do the obvious payoff for the joke. What's the obvious payoff? Because I liked that joke. That was one of the few things I laughed at. What's oh, the- yeah. I laughed, too. But the obvious payoff is for the letter when they open it to have Chancellor Lisa Kudrow, not some silly Hebrew thing we've never heard of before. I mean, the, the obvious payoff is that Chancellor is going to appear instead of Dean. I mean, that's how you call back a joke. It's a cap on bothered to ever do it. <laughs> so weird. There's, there's uh, no reason other than... We have to do this movie right away. She can't learn an American accent again, so let's just have her do Australian. That'll be funny. Well, I don't think it's that she can. I mean, I, yeah. I imagine someone like Rose Byrne can do one at the drop of a hat. I think yeah. for the reason they just were like, yeah, Rose, just go ahead and be Australian. We can throw in a, a couple of references to it, and we'll be fine. Um, but it's just so distracting. It's so weird that it's just – Well, I do think it was distracting. I think it just made it even less believable that those two characters would be married. Like she would – But they really were not a believable yeah. I mean, yeah. so, and, and I really did kind of feel bad for her, Dingus. I know the scenes you're talking about where it did feel like a rehearsal where 
I've, I mean, she's certainly adorable, and I like her as an actress, and she's done some things I've really liked, but I, I didn't like her trying to match that Seth Rogen style of comedy, and it certainly didn't play very well. Uh, it wasn't doing her any favors. I was like, oh, honey, no. <laughs> it didn't seem very natural, but she reminds yeah. me she was supernatural, and she was even but, playing the antagonist. And she was yeah. she's sc- screaming at him, I'm Mama Bear, I'm Mama Bear. And Take us, please don't bring that up anymore. It's just oh, so painful to remember. <laughs> but but at the same time, when, when he's at the very beginning, when he's like, this is happening, this is happening, and they're having sex, I'm like, I don't want to hear you talking about everything you're doing for the whole movie. I'm just so tired of him. All- <laughs> I feel like Wait, so what did he say? This is happening? I don't remember that. They're having sex in the kitchen. It's there. This is happening. This, this is happening. And... And and we're doing this for the first time. He's just making com- – it's like he's doing a commentary track of his own life every time we see him in a scene. I don't think he and- knew he was talking aloud. <laughs> oh, he doesn't know? <laughs> he the baby and he tells us what he's doing with the baby, and oh, I'm just so tired of him. Have you guys seen a TV series? I think it might have been an HBO thing. I'm almost certain it must have been HBO because there's a lot of like R-rated style stuff in it. A TV series called The Comeback with Lisa Kudrow. I kind of oh, liked it. I yeah. did too. I did too because it's really mean spirited. Yeah, it's like super cruel. Uh, and I, I had never. I don't know friends at all, so I don't. I, I mean, I, I guess like, I'm not qualified enough to say I have a favorite friend, but I'll say it anyway. I really like Lisa Kudrow. Um, she's really cool in a movie called The Opposite of Sex. Um, mm-hmm. And in the comeback, and whenever she shows up in little parts like this, she really just kind of pops for me, especially in a crappy movie where I'm otherwise bored. But the two scenes with her as the dean, I was like, yeah, I'm enjoying these. I mean, even just her line, um, I'm the opposite of the person you should say that to. <laughs> I was one of the funniest damn things in the movie. And it that really totally was. felt like a throwaway improvisational thing. But just her reaction, and I, I was like, oh, thank you, Lisa Kudrow, for at least breathing life into maybe three minutes of this thing. Um, and and well, the amazing thing is that this movie still doesn't know how to use her to her full potential. There's no. they, they it still doesn't know how to. Uh, but st- I mean, what's awesome about her is that she's so talented; she rises above that. Yeah. But it still can't use her to her full potential. It's so weird. What else is she really good in that I should see? Bridesmaids. I liked her in X Men First Class. What? It's Myra McTaggart. Wait a minute, what? Who is she in? I so don't remember that silly X-Men movie. She's uh, James McAvoy's girlfriend. Are you serious? Are you make- Dingus, is he making that up? She works her shield. I have no idea. Remember, she, she, she takes off her clothes and goes in to crash the Hellfire Club in her lingerie, which she happens to be wearing by chance, even though she has no love interest. Dingus, does Kelly Wan not know who Lisa Kudrow is? Oh, I thought you said Rose Byrne. <laughs> It's like imagining the scene. Imagining yeah. They cast Lisa Kudrow as his girlfriend in X Men. No. It was awesome. Wow. Um, now I, I think like of Ro- opposite of sex. I think of Rose Byrne mainly as uh, from Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Man, I just love her character. Yeah. That. she is so cool. Uh, uh, but no, Lisa Kudrow, Kelly Wand. What's what's something I should see Lisa Kudrow in? Help me out. Help she me always seemed family. really fun. She always seemed like a cool yeah. chick to hang out with. Yeah. Um, more than, but I think the comeback's the only thing I could think of. She's not in that many movies. Should Dingus see Friends the kind of swallowed her up. He hasn't seen it. I don't think no. It's probably- I don't know. Is it too late? Because now it's kind of similar to Veep a little bit. Oh well, that's a, uh, you know I agree. Which I also like. That's a selling point. Yeah. Yeah, that's a selling point for me. Yeah. I really like Veep. Uh, uh, what else should I see? If I, what else should I see Dave Franco in? <laughs> 
Which one is he? The buddy? You I know, he's not bad. bad. I, mean, I, I know, he's not bad, but I just feel like, oh, he give, someone give this poor kid a break. <laughs> he's just, oh. A kid? Wait, what? Oh, wait, you mean the vice president? Dave Franco, like, you know, he yeah, gets the, these, the boner guy. He's basically oh, playing the same part that he played funny. in 21 Jump Street, oh. where he's the guy who you think maybe he might be a bad guy, but he ends up being really earnest and nice and, and friendly. And uh, he's just such a kind of a non-entity. Oh, didn't he die in Warm Bodies, even? Oh, yeah. That's right. He's <laughs> the boyfriend. Very yeah. good. <laughs> So I feel kind of, I mean, because, oh. I mean, you know, the kind of parts his brother is playing, and then here he is always playing the nice, forgettable character in a movie. Oh, I just assumed he was playing the same character as his Jump Street guy. Oh, you know what? That works, Kelly Wand. There is, yeah. you could imagine some continuity. He seems there. all right. All right. Uh, guilty, a funny voice. Guilty pleasure moments. So here's where I uh, realized, man, I'm such an easy laugh. Uh and, it, and maybe it's just because I was so bored of this stupid movie by this point, but I totally laughed out loud at Seth Rogen jumping off the trampoline and hitting the ceiling fan. At that yeah. point, yeah, that, was was, that was like just hilarious. And I don't know if it again, I'd just been beaten down with so many unfunny things. But for whatever reason, I was like, oh, this movie just made me laugh at something. Towards the end, I found myself laughing. Okay, see, I think I – like. there was nothing no, else, no, no. literally. That, but that, that stunt is, is funny, and it's a little bit inspired. You're right. Yeah, and, and compare that, by the way, to the stupid CG stuff with the airbags, which I didn't laugh at at all. I was like, whatever. Uh, but Kelly Wand, what's one other thing that you laughed at? Make Remind me of something else that's funny in the last hour of the movie. Besides, uh, I like the guy's leg being broken. Yeah, okay. But they, they kind of didn't really follow up on it. All right. Um, was there a payoff with the blonde chick? I guess she kind of didn't really matter. <laughs> How did you and Teddy meet? Uh, I saw him. He saw me. <laughs> See, that's good. That's not bad for Diggis. But again, that was the first half. Think something from the last hour, Kelly Wand. Oh, um, there was a party scene. That was good. <laughs> okay, where all kids are dancing. Uh, there was the dance off. Was that the first half? I don't know if I like the dance off. I oh, here's so here's where the dance off. Did you guys catch the Bionic Man sound effect? Yeah, yeah. Anybody, I mean, I guess that's just pandering to guys our age. I was like, what, really? A Bionic Man sound effect? I remember the last time I saw it in a movie? I think it was in Starsky and Hutch. Wow, man. So How'd you like those those awesome dueling Ray Romano impersonations? Uh, so it was like the De Niro thing, but in a car, right? Guess so, and with people not wearing funny costumes. Is that what frat boys do? They like dress up as Robert De Niro and just hang out in the driveway. According <laughs> to this, I used to think I missed out on that whole life. <laughs> and in Kelly Ron, they eventually get jobs at, as uh, Abercrombie and Fitch models. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> I guess it all worked out, didn't it? Think you were in a fraternity. Is that what it was like? Uh, no, I was the I was the Pete. Sorry, that was, a, that was the small dick dildo. You want to get a Pete? <laughs> uh, did you guys recognize the Ask Juice guy? You may not. I don't know that he's done enough stuff. He was in a, a movie that Richard Iode directed called Submarine. Oh, yeah, I want to see that. Oh, my gosh. You, you, what? you, would, you would probably like Submarine. Uh, it's uh, Dingus sounds disgusted by it. It's not Which... literally about a submarine, Dingus. It's a metaphor. Oh, for drones? For, uh, you know, I'm not even sure I could tell you what the significance of the title is. Uh, but it has some really good Sally Hawkins and Noah Taylor, if you're into that sort of thing. Oh, Noah Taylor, see? 
And Sally Hawkins. Kelly, I don't know who that is. Kelly Wan, who hasn't seen Happy Go Lucky. Ugh. Is that the Ed Sandler golf movie? One, two, three, not only you and me, got one eighty degrees, and I'm caught in between. This is loud, just like the movie. (laughs) It was, it wasn't, it wasn't. That how people in podcast now? What's going on? I think I just found a transformer. Kelly Wan, let's do a three by three. Why don't you uh, take us on a ride? Tell us what our three by three is. Is that what he says? Did I say the line wrong? I had the better one in the chamber. I'll save it for next week. This week's 3x3, Destiny's on a roller coaster, which um, I picked because I realized uh, the night before I had to come up with the topic that I was thinking about it. And sometimes certain relationships are similar to roller coasters, metaphorically. Huh. Uh, for my number three, I picked uh, one of the. I think there's only like four or five movies with roller coaster scenes, so roller coaster scenes. So we'll go over all of them. But for my number three, I picked one that I fondly recall um, anticipating as a child, and then actually going to see it and realizing, oh, that's not very exciting. And it is the movie Roller Coaster. Ah, uh, that's my number came, two. Came out in the summer of '77. There's also another little movie came out then. I forget what it was, but uh, I think I might have been distracted by that other movie that summer. But uh, Roller Coaster, one of the main selling points of it when it came out was this idea that it was Sense Around. And Sense Around had only been in like two other movies. It was in, I think the first movie it was in was Earthquake, which is a disaster movie with Charlton Heston. And then it was in Midway. Um, and then, so this was the third uh, Sense Around movie. And all Sense Around was, you'd never know this. All one word titles. Uh, since around was was simply a, a subwoofer. <laughs> they would put a subwoofer. Yeah, speakers. Right? Yeah, it's just a it's just a subwoofer that makes the chair shake a little bit. Like I was expecting something that would make it really feel like you're in a roller coaster, um, and no such thing happened. Well, since around sounds like it's 360 speakers, doesn't it? A little bit. Um, it's way too much math for me to have comprehended in the summer of '77. Kelly Wand. Hmm. Was it before or after the uh, the movie you're talking about, which I assuming is Barry Lyndon? Uh, that, did that also come out in the summer of 77? That's the only other movie I saw that summer. That would be awesome if that's yes. true. Uh, so Roller Coaster is uh, – so the scene is uh, specifically a, a roller coaster. So it's set up like a kind of a Hitchcockian thriller where somebody has put a bomb on the track of a roller coaster and shots of the bomb are in a cut with shots of, of people having fun at the uh, – there's an amusement park and just going about their lives obliviously. And it's that famous Hitchcock idea of if you show the audience the bomb, it's suspense. You know, if there's two people having dinner and there's a bomb under the table and the audience sees it's under there, that's one of his classic definitions, I think, of, of suspense. So we're seeing the bomb. We're seeing people going about their, their business in the amusement park, being amused and having fun. And it's lively and gay and the music is playing and it's all colorful. And people get on the roller coaster. Um, and we also see Timothy Bottoms as this um, sort of quiet, enigmatic uh, he's a terrorist, and he's going to blow up this bomb, and he's got a little button in his pocket that he's going to press to make it blow up. And there's even a moment of suspense where he's going to reach into his pocket to pull out this little tiny detonator, but a family walks in front of him in the foreground. Uh, so he, you know, he pulls, pulls his he hand out of his pocket. Because, yeah, maybe the family will see him pull something right. out of his pocket. What are they doing that would ruin his uh, – yeah, exactly. You wouldn't expect that. in the bathroom. Uh, 
So he presses the button and it makes it just blows up the rail and it knocks up a little piece of the rail so where the roller coaster won't go over it. And then he walks away. He doesn't even stick around to watch. And it, the roller coaster hits this. And what they do to represent a roller coaster accident, and this is in marked contrast to another scene I'm sure we're going to talk about, is they, <laughs> this is ridiculous rewatching this. Is they put they take fake roller coaster cars and they put dummies in them and they kind of like launch them from like the roof of a building and they film the car landing on the ground and some of the dummies falling out. Uh, and it just falling looks, out. Well, because it'll land like some like they have well, three cars. They don't jump. They don't even show, they don't even make right. it clear like where the rail is. There's no sense of place. Like one of the cars lands upside down. So you just see the dummies get mushed under the car. But another one like lands on the nose and some of the dummies fall out. And they cut away before you can tell that it's a dummy. Um, but it's so, I mean, I guess that's what you had to do where everything was practical effects back then. Now we use airbags and CG. I guess so. Well, when we talk about the other movie that I'm sure is going to come up, we'll, we'll see what we do these days. Uh, uh, and then what happens though, what, so, so that's the roller coaster scene. And, and the actual buildup isn't bad. Um, just this idea of there's a bomb, there's a roller coaster, there's a mass of people unsuspecting and having fun, and there's the one enigmatic terrorist. Um, and furthermore, there's this, I kind of hate it now, but back in the day, I bet it played well. Um, a fellow named Lalo Schifrin, I think, did the Mission Impossible soundtrack. He's famous for that. He did this kind of jarring, again, it's very Hitchcockian, this jarring musical uh, stuff that would play when we are looking at Timothy Bottoms and we know something evil is up. Uh, and the rest of the movie becomes just a dopey cat and mouse between Timothy Bottoms as the villain and our hero, George Siegel, <laughs> as the, as no joke, a oh. roller coaster inspector. That's his oh, job. <laughs> um, oh, so he's like Brody, but land. Yeah, and no sharks. Yeah. Right. And, and by the way, there are no other mishaps in the movie. And that, as a kid, it's like Dingus has talked about seeing Black Sunday and, as a kid, wanting to see that blimp explode because you, you want that payoff. And these days, movies will give you that payoff. So in the rest of Roller Coaster, no other mishaps whatsoever. Well, nothing it, goes wrong. That's not entirely true. What are you talking about? Because at the end. Yes, the, Kelly Wan, go on. The roller coaster hits Timothy Bottoms. Again, nothing goes wrong. It saves the day. Like it, it, nobody, no park goers are, right, right. He definitely gets, we'll see, it's a little dramatic irony there. He's killed by a roller coaster. And by the way, even that scene, they do the terrible thing where Timothy Bottoms, he's on the tracks. They do a shot, like a zoom in on his face as he turns his head. Then they zoom in on the shot of just a nose of a roller coaster. And then they cut to a shot of Timothy Bottoms, like throwing himself onto the ground. That's it. There's, there's no effect with a dummy. It's just those three cuts, one, two, three, and we get from that the implication that uh, he was hit by a roller coaster. Uh, yeah, he should have done the fall part, and then the dummy lands, and you see that at the end. Well, I seem to – I mean, y- you consider that – so this was two years after Jaws had come out, and thrillers knew how to do gory effects and really sort of sell the horror of, of something. Roller coaster just doesn't even really try. Um, well, I'm gonna see my the the scene I picked from Roller Coaster the movie mm-hmm. is where he does get hit because I was to me that was like ah see how smart George Siegel character is he knows exactly the right minute to like trick that guy into like going on the track to not see the roller coaster coming at him. Yeah, I guess you could. That's one conclusion you could draw from that. But it was also the first time I saw because it was it was the actual Magic Mountain roller coaster revolution. 
Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, I didn't call know that. It that. They don't change the name or anything. Okay. So it's kind of like... Well, I wonder, too, how much that has to do with them not having other disasters. Like, was the original roller coaster the one... Uh, it's in some part... I don't know where it was... Uh, was that a real – like I can't imagine they could use a real roller coaster's name if it's going to blow up and kill people. It didn't, but it could have. And the, uh, it would have if not for the George Siegel character, which so to me that was like an interest. that's like terrorism is product placement. <laughs> Groundbreaking. And by the way, is it a terrorist if he's just trying to extort money from the League of Amusement Park owners? Because that's the whole plot. You mean he's a blackmailer? Yeah, like is that terrorism? Because he just wants money, he's extorting them for money. But terror, but the nine eleven guys, like they wanted, like wasn't it money, sort of, like the money for Saudi Arabian oil? I don't think they were, they were in it for financial gain. It's just terrorism. <laughs> but, okay, but isn't paradise and the afterlife kind of like money? If you're. Uh no, it's not. I think that's kind of nothing boring. like that. Okay, you can't uh, put paradise in the bank. Get those two mixed up. But that is kind of one of the things that you just. But you, know, when you first, that's one of the reasons that I like the first scene of Roller Coaster, and I, I don't think it holds up at all. But rewatching it, that first scene, you at least because I didn't remember, you at least don't know why he's doing what he's doing, and that adds to this unease and the suspense of it. And once you realize, oh, it's just a movie about a guy extorting the League of Amusement Park owners. I mean, that's really what he's doing uh, right. for money. It it just it becomes as pedestrian as the movie itself. So by the that, time he actually gets hit by a roller coaster, I've long since lost interest. I forget anything that happens in that movie between that first roller coaster mishap. I'll tell you one thing that happens, and it's really freaky. He goes to uh, pick up. So he's it's, he's the classic burnt out cop, even though he's just a roller co- coaster inspector. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's trying to quit smoking. You know, uh, he's a, he's a he's a divorced single dad, and he's got his ex wife, and uh, he's going to pick up his daughter, and his daughter looks freakishly like an eleven year old Helen Hunt. Because she is an 11-year-old Helen Hunt. Uh, yeah, awesome. it's, it's really weird seeing Helen Hunt as a little girl. Um, That's so awesome. <laughs> huh. Wait, what happens to her? Well, there is. They do sell I'm going to ride point. it on. They do at one point sort of uh, imply that she's in danger, but uh, nothing nothing of note. I mean, it's the thing. It's a long the, – the movie is, is less about roller coaster disasters and more about cat and mouse between George Siegel and – Timothy Bottoms, uh, who, by, by the way, Timothy Bottoms, do we know him from anything? Because he was kind of cool. Like, I kind of was like, Last oh. Last Show. I've never seen that. Oh, you have? What? Come on. You've seen Last Picture Show. No, why would I have seen that? It's an old Peter Bogdanovich movie, right? <laughs> uh, Sybil Shepard's topless in that, eh? Tom, I do. Tom Gross. will only watch Paris, Texas. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, Timothy Bottoms in that? It means Texasville. Sorry, Wait, Texas. is that what it's called? You don't. Uh, that's a good movie. It's got Sam the Lion, brah. Well, you know, if I don't know who that is, but if Timothy Bottoms is in it, that kind of makes me want to. Jeff see Bridges, it. very young Jeff Bridges. Oh, well, that sells. That roles. So believe it or not, Kelly Wand, that that sells me on wanting to see it more than Sybil Shepherd being topless. That just sounds kind of weird, and I, I don't. I was trying to find your zone. That's not in my zone. Uh, I'm sure she's a perfectly nice lady, but uh, it's the youngest you'll ever see Jeff Bridges. It's like young high school Jeff Bridges. Okay. I'll see Timothy Bottoms. And wait, wait, who's Ellen Burstyn? She's really good on it. Okay. <sighs> I'm sold. So some good came from what? You weren't even curious about that. They're like, oh, everyone says that's some big shit movie. Isn't it some old black and white thing? That's your thing, huh? You hate black and white. Yeah, back in the 50s, they didn't know how to make good movies yet. 
You didn't see Citizen Kane. Nope, that doesn't count. They accidentally made a good one in 19-whatever when they made Casablanca, and then it took decades before they finally got to the 70s and realized, oh, here's how we can make good movies. But how'd you make- and even then, they were still making crappy stuff like Roller Coaster. Yeah. Well, to us as kids, I think it was – but see, that's what I'm saying. Roller Coaster was meant for us as, like, two-year-olds. Well, it it was kind of sold as a disaster movie, and that's the thing: is you go to a first disaster, disaster movie. movie. Well, you go, no, it wasn't. There were airports before then. You go to a disaster movie yep. wanting to see some kind of disaster, uh, and I, I even recall it had a picture of like the roller coaster track and those little inset boxes of the stars, and you're wondering, ooh, which one of them's going to get killed? Uh, none of them, by the way. Um, and it it's like Dingus with Black Sunday. It's a perfect example: is you don't get a disaster. You were deprived of a disaster in roller coaster at least in towering inferno yes the building burns at least in airport yes an airplane crashes um but you get one dopey roller coaster disaster roller coaster and then two hours it's a two hour movie uh so an, and then an hour and 50 minutes of just people talking uh right that's it did you do the i think the first disaster movie i saw in the theater was airport 77 somewhere sank right Wait, oh, that come out? It's, uh, too soon because of the Malaysian airliner, Kelly Wand. It's too soon to talk about it. <sighs> See, they act, in the movies, they get planes back super easily by putting balloons on it. That was the Titanic. Oh, oh no, wait. That are, is that how they resolve yeah. the airport? Oh, wow. I'm remembering that as you're saying it. Uh, yeah. There's a good part where Christopher Lee goes, okay, honey, I'll be right back. And then he goes down. She, his wife watches his body float up because – they fuck up the mission or something. Christopher Lee is at Airport 77. Wow. Yeah. As a grown man, as an older man, and he's still with us. That just goes to show. So, Kelly Wand, your number two then was a uh, roller coaster, 1977. All right. What was Dingus's? Well, let's find out. Dingus, what is your number three favorite roller coaster scene in a movie? Dingus, by the way, has been stomping around the house grumbling all night because he somehow had an invalidated pick once he realized it was. No, I, I, decided, I decided to validate it. After listening to you guys talk about uh, whatever you've been talking about for half an hour, <laughs> I've decided to validate my number one. Uh, by the way, Kelly, uh, why do you keep saying rolly coaster? Isn't that how you say it? Uh, all that reminds me of – did you ever watch the Larry Sanders show? Yeah. Uh, there's this great sequence in it where um, Rip Torn keeps saying rolly coaster – and Larry Sanders, they finally face off, and Larry Sanders is like, it's roller coaster. And they have this little exchange where the Rip Torn goes, merry-go-round, rolly coaster. So every time you say that, all I think of is Rip Torn. So you're my Rip Torn. Merry-go-round, rolly coaster. So my number three – Real quick, real quick. I keep forgetting. Uh, and I think we determined on this podcast, and I forgot again. Rip Torn is still alive, right? Yes. Okay, good. All right, carry on, Dingus. Uh, my number three, here's a quote from it. Tallahassee got his Twinkie. That's actually uh, my number one pick. Oh, really? Wait, that's not a roller coaster. There's a better roller coaster scene ever. There's not I, a better roller coaster, and it's an awesome roller coaster scene. Well, Dingus, apparently, when according thinks, to you, there are two more that are better. Uh, you're right. Wait, the up and down thing? <laughs> no, an that's actual not roller coaster. Yeah, it's not that. It's an actual yeah. roller coaster. So, Tom, it's your number one. Talk about it. So I think the whole point of the uh, – so Zombieland is, of course, a zombie movie, um, and there's there's a really kind of gratuitous bit near the end where they get into a desert, an amusement park, and they turn it on, all the lights and stuff to attract the zombies. And at one point, Woody Harrelson <laughs> has to 
I don't even really remember the motivation. He's just got to keep the zombies busy. So he gets on a roller coaster and he's got a shotgun. And while he's riding the roller coaster around, he's shooting the zombies off of the roller coaster. And it is to me, it, it's such an exhilarating, um, it's like a video game concept, and it is actually a video game concept. It predated Zombieland. There's a video game called Painkiller, which is fantastic, and there's a, an expansion for it called Battle Out of Hell. Get it? Like bat, but Battle Out of Hell. And there's a scene in there where you get on a roller coaster, uh-huh. and you're shooting monsters while you're riding the roller coaster. In Dead Rising 2, which is supposed to be set in a big old uh, uh, mall. Actually, it's the first That's one. That's the first one. Yeah, in Dead Rising... Uh, there's a there's a roller coaster in the mall, and you get on the mall. And there's a there's a boss battle on the roller coaster where you're fighting a clown zombie. Or actually, I think that's a person who's a clown who's gone mad. But eventually, you know, the roller coaster can run <laughs> zombies, and you're on the roller coaster. Um, gone mad. Um, so this idea of a roller coaster being just a thrill ride mixed with the exhilaration of just shooting zombies, just the blind glee, and it's part of what zombie mythology is about of just shooting. Basically, people—they're not really people. So you're, you're shooting them with impunity because they're not actually people. Uh, mixed with a roller coaster, I think brilliantly taps into what roller coasters and video games about zombies are all about. Uh, so that is my favorite scene with a roller coaster. So, Dinga, sorry, but that's—I'm uh, glad you picked it. What what made it stand out for you? What makes it stand out for me is that you know Kelly brings up the up and down thing because. The girls are on that up and down thing for some time, and they're running out of ammo as they do that. But um, but Tallahassee, uh, Woody Harrelson is climbing up the stairs to get up to the top of this roller coaster, and there's this wonderful moment visually. And I really love this moment of the movie where the car just comes and stops right where he is. It's it's just this weird. It's so weird, and I loved it so much. It's like okay, this is my scene, and he gets in, and he just keeps doing this thing like okay. And he shoots. He's like, oh, got that one? Boom. And he just – and it, it is much like Tom describes. But what I love is that all of the things that Tallahassee is doing are perfectly in line with what his character is up to. Yeah. And I love him climbing up those stairs, picking up a couple of zombies as he goes up those stairs. The girls are trapped, running out of ammo. And then the, the way that car stops, right at the top of the stairs to pick him up. And then he gets in and he picks off guys as he's going back down. <laughs> It's just, it's. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, this really should be more of like what what would be your favorite amusement park? Because everything about this is it's sort of. Uh, I mean, and I didn't even remember until watching this movie again this week that, and this is probably stupid because I've seen it a couple of times. But there's an actual, uh, uh, there's an actual thing that he that Jesse Eisenberg enters calls Zombie Land, and I forgot that. He enters this – the haunted house he enters is called Zombie. <laughs> and he, he runs in. He gets attacked by a, a, fe- a female zombie. He shoots her off of him. And then we see uh, Woody Harrelson climbing. I, I just like that climbing thing. So there's a couple other things they looked at that didn't quite work. But I really – I love that scene. And I, and I just love the way that, that Tallahassee is playing that scene or Woody Harrelson playing scene. All right, Kelly Wine, where do you have to top that? What's your number three favorite uh, roller coaster scene? My number three roller coaster scene is from the movie Sweet Liberty with Alan Alda because there's a scene where Michael Caine is like this actor who's like, he's this huge pussy hound. And uh, 
they're on a roller coaster that's going up like the first ramp thing and he's like hang on I better tell her something like he can't even wait till the end of the ride he's got to like climb up out of the roller coaster and like go to this other car in the back and tell something so it's like a bedroom farce but on a roller coaster so that was the first time I ever saw something like that bedroom farce and the roller coaster is in motion yeah so it means as an actor this was of course well no they, they clearly must have gotten a stuntman to do that don't you think no, it was all in one shot. Wow. It was like Children of Men, but with Michael Caine. Amazing. Like what, is it, what does he have to tell us? I guess he's in. But with Michael Caine. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's a bad example. Never mind. It's like Star Wars, but with Alec Guinness. <laughs> well, no, because in the roller coaster scene, he gets his finger shot. Oh, wait, never mind. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about my uh, second pick, which is the other big roller coaster uh, scene that, that I'm sure folks will bring You're up. You're an idiot if you pick this one. So I don't know if you have to pick it. I, I actually was a little disappointed in the Final Destination 3 roller coaster sequence uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, it's it's just a lot of CG, and it's it's thrilling. You know, I talked about in Roller Coaster um, the the juxtaposition of the, the amusement park, and we know something terrible is going to happen. Um, so Final Destination 3 is James Wong, who did the original Final Destination, returning to direct the third movie. Uh, a fellow named David Ellis, who also did one of the later ones, he did the second one. Um, so James Wong has come back, and he's really good at just that sense of foreboding. And what we have in that scene in the opening of Final Destination 3 is, and I'd forgotten this was her, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. Um, oh. yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yep, and it's totally, I mean, it's, and, and it's the funny thing is, I remember seeing it and never gets it, because I really like her now, and even though she's been in some terrible things, you go back and you see her in a movie like Final Destination, where there are really no good actors, but you're like, oh yeah, this is Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and, and she's going to end up being really good, so you really enjoy watching her, and you think, oh, this, you know, she's making this work, and, and in cool ways, um, so that that is a is a great thing to to enjoy in that scene. But also, the director James Wong just does a really great job of playing up with a more modern sensibility what they were trying to do in the original roller coaster, namely this idea that it's an amusement park and everybody's happy and it's fun and colorful and there's bright lights and music, but there's something terrible that's going to happen and it's way more vague in final destination um you know it's nothing quite as specific as a bomb on the tracks but you know something terrible is going to happen and he does a great job of setting up this ominous undercurrent and a lot of it has to do with mary elizabeth winston being very uneasy about something and then she's going to have the vision of the terrible roller coaster disaster and she's going to avert it for her friends and then the rest of the movie is about death catching up with them but the actual roller coaster disaster it's a lot of cg um it does a great job with the CG of, of creating this sense of speed. And what I really like about the scene is they play with when people are on a roller coaster for fun, they're screaming. And they're screaming out of delight. But once the roller coaster starts falling apart and the tracks get rickety and some uh. of the cars have derailed, the screams are very, very different. And it makes a really cool contrast. Um, but the problem I kind of have is that unlike – especially the second Final Destination, and even the fifth one. Um, unlike the second Final Destination, uh, the actual individual deaths aren't spelled out very well. You just see people falling out, or somebody, at one point, there's someone hanging on the side of the car, and the car drives by a pole, and there's like a red splat effect. You randomly you see people fall out when it gets stuck at the upside-down part. Um, <clears throat> but it's just like randomly killing people without any of... 
the, the sort of individual goriness that was in the last Final Destination. You know, that car wreck sequence in Final yeah. Destination 2, amazing, amazing just choreography and individual moments and just terrible, horrible, gory deaths in that. Uh-huh. And, and this is just kind of this CG fest. Death um, phoning it in. But it, yeah, phoning it in, it, at least it's energetic. Um, yeah, but. So. Uh, that's my number one, by the way. Okay. Uh, talk, what made it your favorite? Uh, everything you just said, but also, so the thing that really contributed to the foreboding, it was something that always, like, made me uneasy about real roller coasters is that the people operating them are, like, 14. <laughs> and completely uninterested in their jobs. They just chew gum and zone out, as who wouldn't, because they have to listen to that shit, whatever's playing through the speakers all day, which I guess in this case would be Tony Todd's eerie <laughs> predictions that that'll happen. But there's such disinterest on their parts in the scenes in that. And they're like, oh, the chick's, chick's freaking out, ruining the ride. And just then, back. Well, they, they do. There's this cool thing where her boyfriend, who had to sit in it, you know, they, they set up that she and her boyfriend are there together. She really doesn't want to get on the roller coaster. He talks her into it, but she doesn't want to sit in the front car. But she lets him go ahead and sit in the front car, and she's going to sit in the back. So when she freaks out and gets off the roller coaster and gets other people off the roller coaster with her, who will be the survivors who death tries right. to catch The one person she wants to save. Right. He can't get off because the 14-year-old kids are just like, no, nah, just, okay, we got yeah. to just run the ride. So those 14-year-old kids doom her boyfriend, you know, exactly. those uninterested minimum wage roller coaster workers. Yeah. Um, so a uh, a um, uh, ski lift is not a roller coaster, Kelly Wand, but this also will tap into your fear of minimum wage ride operators. There's a movie called Frozen, not the recent one. Oh, uh, yeah, someone was telling me this. About the people, these people who get trapped on a ski lift over a long weekend, yeah. uh, and they they freeze to death and die variously. But the reason they get trapped is because they want to go up one more time for one last ski down the hill. But the ride operator is like, no, we're going to close. You know, I've, I've got to close it down. And they bribe him. They say, just put us on the ride. You know, here, we'll give you 50 bucks. The ride. The guy's, well, they, well the, the ski lift. And the guy's like, okay, I'll take your 50 bucks. And he puts them on the ski lift, and they're on the way up. And then he leaves. <laughs> Someone else comes in. And so says, he's oh, everybody's gone and turns the ski lift off. <laughs> That's kind of how it is in open water, too. It's just complete zoning out. But in open water, no no minimum wage earning ride operator is responsible for the deaths. But that's it's definitely guys zoning out, and miscounting, or losing. Well, yeah, but you're right. It's like he actually takes their money and right. dooms them. And what are they gonna say, <laughs> idiots? Why the hell would you do that though? Why would you bribe someone? You don't. Like, why wouldn't you? Leave? You, you want to get one or... last run down the hill, Kelly? One. I don't know if you're a big skier like I am, but you want to get every run down that hill that you can. Right. Also, you have no concept of how those lifts operate. You think maybe they run perpetually. I don't know. They don't. They don't know that some teenage dude is just going to walk away and shut it off. So, Kelly, what Dingus is saying is that the movie Frozen is actually very realistic, and it could happen to you. It is, especially when she creates her awesome ice castle. Why don't they just wait for the snow to collect so they can just walk off? Like, so the mountain under them gets... I'm not going to tell you what they try to do or what kills them, Kelly Wan, but I will give you one word. Uh, wolves. <laughs> Dingus, what is your number two favorite roller coaster scene in a movie? All right, here's a bit of dialogue from it. Where should we meet? Roller coaster. Roller coasters. Uh. I like being unsure about where the dialogue ended and Dingus's delight began. 
Yeah, is it the character's delight or his delight at our his knowing that we? Won't you can always get. tell when Kelly's hands because he's like something something. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This. I guess he burned me. You, you burned Kelly Wan and you stumped me. I don't know. Roller right. coaster, roller coasters. Where should we meet? Roller coaster, roller. Okay, here's 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 the uh, end of the roller coaster scene. Elliot looks a little green. It gotta be ET. Here's here's a here's it's let me try let me try to. <laughs> they, they, how do you know Kelly Wan? They might. What did he uh, say? Kelly Wan thinks that they don't go to a roller coaster in ET. You don't Why need not? to. He's the roller coaster. Because E.T. E. can fly the bike past the moon. You need to well, isn't the bike just a roller coaster on the track? Mm, good point. Damn it. All right. So here's here. Let me try to do the the uh, Elliot line in the in the proper accent in the proper. There's no movie with a character named Elliot that isn't E.T. Elliot looks a little green. See, he's acting so bad. It could be anybody. <laughs> it's actually Jones. Uh, well, it's obviously doing Jack Nicholson as the Joker, so it's Batman. That's close. Oh. It's it's a worse actor doing Jack Nicholson. Oh, The Rock. The Rock knows better than to do uh, impersonations. Kelly Wand. He doesn't need to impersonate anyone. He just plays. Him. He shows up. He plays himself. He collects yeah. his paycheck, and he's he's fine. Yeah, that's what acting is: playing yourself. <laughs> it's, it's easy to learn, difficult to master. Uh, roller coaster, roller coaster, Elliot. Uh, Come on, brothers. Man, it ran. All right, this is true romance. The uh, the Jack Nicholson impression I was doing, but was by Christian Slater. Hmm. Um, and so this is the uh, roller coaster scene with Bronson Pinchot, where they're making the drug deal. And so uh, that's why I didn't Jack Nicholson because he does Jack Nicholson in Heather's, obviously. Um, so uh, so they're in the hotel room with. Um, Michael Rappaport, and they're all trying to decide where they're going to do this drug deal with Bronson Pinchot's character. And um, Alabama, uh, who's played by uh, Patricia Arquette, I always get the Arquettes wrong, but I know this one, uh, is watching TV, and she sees a Magic Mountain uh Commercial, I think it's that, and she see, and she goes, and they, and they say, where should we meet? And she goes, roller coaster, and so they go to Magic Mountain. Um, uh, this particular roller coaster, I know this because when when I was first trying to do this topic, Kelly, I really was trying to look at my my favorite roller coasters and trying to find them in movies, and I just couldn't find my three favorite roller coasters in movies. It's really really hard to do that. I don't know, I just couldn't do it. Uh, I I looked at a couple of. Uh, webs. I just, I just couldn't do it, but I couldn't find my. I have. I have, It's easy for me to decide which are my three favorite roller coasters. I have specific reasons for those three, um, but I couldn't find them in movies. But, uh, but this one I I found. This isn't one of my favorites. This is Six Flags Magic Mountain. This is the Viper, and this is True Romance when when Christian Slater's Clarence is making a drug deal with the Hollywood like assistant dude Bronson Pinchot, um, and. Uh, and he's just freaked the guy out because the guy can't handle the roller coaster. What I like about this is that the whole thing is is filmed as a scene. It's not just for like crazy scariness. It's uh, the the. I mean, this is Tony Scott directing. I mean, it's filmed from it, it's it's reaction shots from either side. It's showing Brunson Pinchot getting freaked out. It's it's a really exciting roller coaster scene, and I really really like it. So there you go. So far, all of Dings' picks has ha- have had characters who have locations for names. 
Let's see yeah. if Dingus, you can make a trifecta with it. Give us your number one favorite roller coaster. Uh, I sadly can't for this one, and this is my one where I totally go. Well, actually, I go on the rails, but there's no cars involved because this is just really on roller coaster tracks. And I apologize, but this is the one I thought about early in the week, and I couldn't watch it again. I was hoping that there was something else going on. Dingus, technically, the roller coaster is the edifice that the car moves along, if I'm not mistaken. All right. Isn't that uh, wouldn't you wouldn't you say that's true, Kelly Wand? Like yeah. the roller coaster car is not the roller coaster itself; it's the edifice along which it moves. Right, because they go. Oh, it's a it's a wooden roller coaster. Exactly, exactly. Was right. the car is always made of? Although there is such a thing as like a suspension roller coaster, which has to do with the car hanging. Uh, you but, know what? We might be on shaky ground on this one, Kelly Wand. Get it? Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, Dingus, what have you done then? By by, this is only on the tracks. There's no cars involved, apparently. Uh, please, I don't want to hurt anyone anymore. Eliminate Tal Needham. Uh, don't want to hurt anyone anymore. Vacation. The end of John Candy. Uh, Chevy Chase to John Candy. No, this is, this is the end of Hannah, where she's going into the wolf. Oh, that's a good one. Against yeah, that one's coaster. good. It's not a roller coaster. What? It's, what are you talking about? It's a train. It's one of those little trains that goes around the park and you look at stuff. Uh, it, it rolls and it coasts. This, she, but she climbs up it, and if it has like a scaffold, she, she climbs up a slide. Up, yeah, and what not... she falls down is more like a log plume. Yeah, I'm just picked, picked an amusement park train, but let's go with it, because I'd love to see. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid I'm just going to have to keep it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have to give it up. It's a good scene. It's a really good scene. It makes up in uh, awesomeness as scenes go what it lacks in definition. Uh, I don't know that it's necessi- I don't know that it's not it's not def- it's not necessarily not a roller coaster. Okay, I'm not kidding. Like the, they walk past those, too like, greedy. Those silly like those silly car things that they walk past. Uh, but there's this moment where she jumps across from one thing to another, where it feels like she's jumping across a bridge onto the tracks. Well, those and- are the oh, go ahead, sorry. So go ahead. Well, she. I mean, she, the, isn't that the little boat dock where the swans are tied up? Or maybe you think of another shot. No, that's another shot, but but it's just because the tracks have been rotted away and they've fallen down. So it might very well still be a train that runs around the amusement park. I, I grant you that it might be a monorail or a train <laughs> gondola or whatever, but I like to think of it as progressing into a roller coaster because I just love that wolf mouth so much and the picture of Marissa and Hannah standing there outside the wolf mouth. Uh, I was just so excited about this uh, that I had to pick it. To be fair, it could be because that was filmed at at an actual rundown amusement park in Berlin. So it might have been a roller coaster, but she does fall down the slide at the end. Uh, The slide, the fall down was what I was hoping for, but I think that's more like a log plume fall down, unfortunately. And I don't think you can call a log plume a roller coaster unless you want to call it a water coaster. But that's really not where we're going. <laughs> but what, what, what she falls Although down, have rollers too. What, what she slips and falls down is like a sharp incline that would be on a roller coaster, but it's clearly not tracked. Right. Well, I meant to say amusement park attraction. No, you did not. Because <laughs> no. that's for something else. Well, Kelly, on what did the listeners uh, bring to us? Uh, I was going to ask you guys something really quick. Did yes. you ever go on those Magic Mountain roller coasters that are always in these movies? Sure. I, uh, yeah, I think we've all been on roller coasters. Absolutely. I just remember thinking that everything up to and including Viper was cool, and then they just kind of got – it started getting too hardcore for me. It just gave me a headache. 
Well, there's a, one of the arts, uh, so anybody who's played Roller Coaster Tycoon knows this. One of the, the fine arts of designing a coaster is that you have to subject the riders to a certain amount of G-forces right. without doing it abruptly. And some roller coasters will jerk you around, but the trick is to to do those tight turns and loops and whatnot without uh, yanking somebody's body around too much. So, Kelly Wan, maybe you're just not riding the right coasters. Wait, what's... On Rollercoaster Tycoon, all my coasters usually killed people. That's, that's part of why you want to play that. It's to recreate what the movie Roller Coaster didn't give you. No, I liked it. Because they always go on it again after a few minutes of, of somber silence. Do you guys have favorite roller coasters from your childhood? Uh, childhood? Why does it have to be limited to... Or that? from now. <laughs> Viper's good. <laughs> Some... Someone was telling me they're really good in Idaho. Never mind. Yeah, it is funny how people who uh, are like real roller coaster enthusiasts kind of have to travel. <laughs> you can't just like live in L.A. and get the best roller coasters. Well, you kind of can, can't you? Well, is Space Mountain a roller coaster? Well, no, it's like if you look up like the, you know, what's the tallest one and what's the longest one, know, which yeah. one goes fastest, you know, you're going to find things like in Idaho. And, you know. Is there one in Dubai? That Space Mountain is definitely a roller coaster. It just totally misses the point of roller coasters. I mean, going on a roller coaster in the dark, you can't see anything. I mean, it's, well, it's about space exploration. There's a mountain in space. That uh, who, who cares? It, you can't see. Day. I mean, one of the points of a roller coaster is to see what's coming up next and choosing no. when you're going to close your eyes. You know, mm, you're, you're going to close your eyes when you're going over that hill or not close your eyes. In Space Mountain, there's no closing your eyes. You're just worried about hitting your head on a on a girder or something. I mean, Dingus, well, I think I think millions upon millions of happy Disneyland goers would disagree. Yes. I'm happy to disagree with them about this. <laughs> but a lot of yeah, us just have dark. other movies and rides. Goliath was a good one too, and I had that dark stretch at the very bottom. Roller coaster. It's just horrible. Which one? Space Mountain? Goliath? Well, let's let's hear what the listeners have said about roller coaster movies. So I'm guessing we're going right. to get a lot of roller coaster, a lot of Final Destination three, uh, probably a lot of Sweet Liberty. I imagine we'll be hearing that one quite a bit, Kelly Wand. What have they written in with for picks for favorite roller coaster scenes? Fred Bow, right? Is that for right or rights for plural? Fred and Lynn, right? Fred and Lynn here with just one albeit iconic roller coaster scene described one awkward sense. The Galactic Felonia. What did I say? Galactic? Clavactic. The Clavactic felonious point of a BB gun. Clark Griswold family coaster I'd seen at a closed Wally World amusement park in National Lampoon's vacation. Oh, that's sweet. They didn't say why they liked that. They just said, we thought of this. Suck it. Sean Molloy writes, Dear Podcast, my list contains only roller coasters I've ridden myself. Oh, good. I'm so glad he did this. See, that really cuts down. Well, number three in Vacation, the Griswold family rides the Screaming Mimi at Wally World, a.k.a. the Colossus at Magic Mountain. I assume the scene's already been discussed in detail by this point in the podcast, so I have nothing further of value to add except the roller coaster's okay. Six out of ten. <laughs> number two in the 1999 remake of House on Haunted Hill, Jeffrey Rush and Vince Roller Coaster. I don't remember that. With the expensive gimmick of derailing one train just to scare the people on the train behind it. E.G. Lisa Loeb. She's in that? <laughs> I feel like I should see this. Wait, which coaster is that? see that one? Does he say? Uh, I guess maybe he means by seeing the movie, it's kind of like he wrote it. Okay. 
This one's actually the Incredible Hulk coaster. Oh, see, I'm done. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I forgot to keep reading. Sorry, Sean Malloy. You win this one. At Universal's Islands of Adventure in Orlando. Tom, I've never been to Florida. What do you think of that? Um, nor have I. There's two of us. I like it because it's shaped like a gun. I think it's shaped like something else, Kelly Wand. <laughs> Yours is weird, then. You've but never the ridden that either. Oh, and it's even, it's got more alligators in it. <laughs> you guys still there? It gave me a pretty bad headache, and my mom's purse got stuck in the locker where they make you stash. <laughs> you lose bloggings before you get on. Not impressed. Four out of ten. Boo, incredible Hulk coaster. <laughs> See, the mom's purse thing, though, seems like it's sort of skewing the average. I'm just saying. Number one in the dead zone. Christopher Walken experiences an ominous psychic episode while writing Scooby-Doo's Ghost Your Coaster. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's a good one. Is it called that in the movie? Scooby-Doo so. said by a Cronenberg character? It's just like he's on a date and he's like, okay, I gotta go. Because children's right at Canada's Wonderland near Toronto. I used to love this thing as a kid, so I get, this guy's moved a lot for just to see all these different roller coasters. See, Tom, we've led very sheltered lives. I can attest that the joy walking experiences on the Ghoster Coaster is pure and authentic. He is not acting. Eight out of ten. Wow. That's awesome, Sean. Thank you. Brandon McLean writes, Dear Tom Christian Kelly Wan, I'm pretty sure you've done roller coasters before. I can remember... Does it feel like we have, or does everything feel like we have? That's I think, me. I think we've just talked a lot of Final Destination. We have, have not, done not done roller coasters before. Done slides. I think these, well, does Hindenburg count as a roller coaster? Hmm. Heisenberg does. I think these will probably be the exact same three roller coasters I said last time. She's calling us out. <laughs> because they are the three best roller coasters in movies. Number three, there's a film called Monkey Bone with Brendan Fraser in it. Oh, God. Jesus, really? <laughs> Did you see that movie, Tom? Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of the movie where I started theater. worrying about my Rose McGowan. It's uh, uh, it's like a budget Who Framed Roger Rabbit, in ter- where the budget that was restricted wasn't, wasn't financial, but in terms of the talent that was available. Yeah. It's mostly trying extremely hard to be weird in really clear cliche Tim Burton type ways, but it's also extremely weird in other ways that are all its own, like Brendan Fraser's childhood fetish for his teacher's flabby upper arms, which leads to his career as a cartoonist. And Harry Knowles appears in that, by the way. Ugh. Hideous. I'd rather watch Seth Rogen fuck. In Monkey Bone Take on the Afterlife, you get into limbo via a roller coaster, which deposits you at a sort of tiki bar waiting room. It's sort of neat. Never ever watch Monkey Bone. Isn't that how Harry Potter gets into a bank vault? I recall trying to read a Harry Potter book. And don't you take a roller coaster down to like a bank vault in those you books? T- you take a train to his school <laughs> through a wall. No, that Hagrid thing takes him on a roller coaster, I seem to recall. All right. Well, like an underground roller coaster, which Dingus you would hate because it's underground, uh, to like a bank vault or something. Am I wrong? And I'm just talking about the books, not the movies. That I know seems you- like a really dumb place to put a vault. But a really great place to put the roller coaster. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, do you gotta like figure out the combination as you approach the door? I don't the remember book? the book that well. Someone, it's, someone else who knows I'm not the book. Well. Any of that's true. I think you just wished it, it was. You're doing your news crawl thing and just like imagining something cooler than you were reading. Put in a book, though. right? Yeah. What, what would the combination be, Kelly? Uh, Banks. Tom wishes he was rich. 
and also riding roller coaster at the same time. Kelly like, Wan, I'm, I'm rich. Thing is, I think Kelly Wan didn't understand a 420 reference wow. in, in, uh, in Neighbors. Huh. All right, so Rhiannon McLean, uh, Monkey Bone, is that is that all? Hopefully there's more. <laughs> hey, Tom, did you ever see uh, Michael Keaton's movie My Life where he finds out he's dying, so he makes videos to bum his kid out? And then at the end, when he starts dying, it's like he's on a roller coaster. I seem to recall wanting to see that for – who plays his daughter? Isn't there an actress in that? Like Ann Chlumsky. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Are, are you serious? I just picked that at random. It's her oh. mirror. No, mom, you're thinking that, that you're thinking of that thing where, uh, where that Home Alone kid kisses her. Yeah, that's my girlfriend. My girl. Yeah. My girl. But anyway, no, I haven't seen it. There's a great roller coaster scene in that. Now, do you know this because uh, Ms. McLean included it in her email, or are you no, maybe stealing someone else's uh, choice? Neither. Okay. Number two, obviously the wicked roller coaster holocaust at the start of Final Destination 3. Doesn't she mean a rollocost? <laughs> <laughs> it's scary and exciting. I predict this will be the fifth time this scene's been mentioned in the 3x3. Very good. What I was mentioning, and I didn't see Final Destination 3, but given that I knew it was James, what's his name, who directed it, I was expecting, like, great, like, see, like, close-ups of gears, like, clicking, and... This. Yeah, it's not, it's not as good as the first two openers. The plane one's really good, and the, the what Tom was saying about the, the highway one's really good. And then the rest are all, like, car-themed. There's like race car bleachers, like that's something people would be scared of. Fuck. Number one, at the start of the 1999 remake of House on a Haunted Hill, Tom, there's a really fun scene of an accident on a new roller coaster to theme park as journalists ride the new ride for the first time. I'm going to have to see this now. Wait, isn't House on Haunted Hill a remake of some really old thing? Yeah. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the remake. Okay. Tay Diggs in that? Who's in that? Oh, that makes me want to see it. Like yeah, it. Bridget Wilson's in it. And, uh, wait, who's, um, who's the Quills guy? Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, Jeffrey Rush is in it. I think I, think I just, the, just. Well, no, I think the, the previous email mentioned Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. Uh, and Tay right. Jansen's in it. And. I just remember Tay Diggs being on the poster. Yeah, Tay Diggs is in it. He makes it out, and so does Allie Larder. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Spoiler. Okay. There you go. Now I know there's no Tay Diggs death scene. Hmm. Nice move, Kelly Wand. Or I misremember it. <laughs> Paul Weimer writes, Hi guys, my stomach did some flips, and I felt myself get nauseous trying to think of answers to Kelly's topic. See, that nausea is often experienced with regard to Kelly Wand. Here goes, number three. How much of that was you editorializing, and how much did Paul Weimer actually say? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, everything up to and including the word topic was Weimer. <laughs> Uh, and then me making fun of myself was me. Uh, number three in Space Cowboys, Tom. See the Space Cowboys ride the Space Mountain on horseback. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think this is. A, well, go ahead. Yeah, is there? Oh, is it like where they're trying to condition them for the zero G or something, so they put them on a roller coaster? No, that's actually a better idea than what it sounds like. Okay. Space Cowboys. I remember hearing or reading. I didn't see that movie, but the, like their butts are in it. Like, oh. Yeah, oh, I saw it, and one of them, I forget who, and so this won't be a spoiler, but one of them does the final, I'm going to sacrifice, sacrifice myself to save all of you. Get out of here. Save yourselves. And one of them, like, rides a rocket off into space that blows up or something. Oh, slim Pickens. Spoiler. Uh, it is a very Slim Pickens-esque uh, scene, yeah. Pickens-esque. 
in Space Cowboys retired retired astronaut. Do they retire? I guess they retire. <laughs> you're, you're an astronaut for life, Kelly. Just curious. Really? It's like Senator? Retired astronaut Jerry O'Neill. See, this is what I love about Paul Weimer. He gets really into the, the nitty-gritty. Retired astronaut Jerry O'Neill. Donald Sutherland, parentheses, has found riding a roller coaster in his second career as a roller coaster architect. Oh, no, I do remember this. That's right. That sounds good. Why does everything sound good? Dumb at the same time. Number two, but it's during the it's during the like getting the band back together scenes. Like all of them has gone off to have another career, and Donald Sutherland is a yeah, he's this. uh, What's but but a roller coaster architect wouldn't be like if you're they were test pilots, weren't they? In the right stuff, like roller coaster architect. That would be the guy who works at NASA that was designing the. Well, no, he's a retired astronaut. Like he was. This is what they. This is what he's reduced to. You know these ersatz thrills of uh, creating roller coasters. What are they, all the other guys? Are they in a bar on the weekend? Uh, let's see. One of them is a janitor. One of them is, uh, yeah, he works at a bar. He owns a bar, uh, the Coyote Ugly Bar, actually. Uh, and then one of them is a cop who's three days from retiring. I know which one I am. <laughs> Do you guys know about the uh, the euthanasia roller coaster? Like, there's a theoretical design for a roller coaster that would kill the rider. Uh, and, you know, no, this wasn't seriously proposed. It was some guy's, like, art project. But the idea was that it was a roller coaster that I would subject you to such, yeah, such serious, uh, like, negative G-forces that it would induce death by, like, draining all the, the blood out of your brain. Do you got to pay for that? Or is it at least free? Well, no one's constructed it yet, so we won't know until uh, it's an actual thing, Kelly Wand. YOLO. Well, you only um, – wait, no, I'm just saying what I saw. But – the roller coaster that kills you. It seems like if you're gonna, if you're dying anyway, and you want to be euthanized, you don't want to be more scared, right? I don't find roller coasters scary at all. They're thrilling. They're exciting. But if you know you're not gonna survive the roller coaster, wait, why don't they just do one that just flings the car off, like in Final Destination? <laughs> it's like, see, this kills you. We tested it on everyone. <laughs> just a thought. Get, get to work on that, engineers. It may be difficult to design. And well, we could have two, Donald Sutherland's character from Space Cowboys. He can work on that next. Uh, see, that's the, that's their re- way of visualizing what I was describing, which is like it's 14-year-old high school dropouts working the rides, but then in the movies it's like, oh, ex-astronauts hang out at Magic Mountain all the time. <laughs> but they employ the 14-year-olds to actually run their creations, you see. Right. And then fire the astronauts. In House on Haunted Hill, we get a broken, dropped elevator ride, followed by, in similar vein, a roller coaster scene where the roller coaster riders think they see a full car in front of them, seemingly derailed, flying to the air. Uh, this is Jeff Rush's character, Stephen Price, owner designer of the rides. Remember him, Tom? Stephen Price, <laughs> owner and designer, wonderfully as a character, and helps set up the premise of the movie. Which, if I recall, was like, you're going to get a million dollars if you survive all the ghosts. How come none of us... Oh, you've seen this. How come me and Dingus haven't seen this movie? Well, it's not that good. It wasn't good enough to recommend. Okay. It's better if you, see, if you compare it to Ghost Ship. It's probably it's better than similar. Roller Coaster. Yeah. Is there a girl in Roller Coaster, the movie, besides Helen Hunt? Um, There is his ex-wife, but otherwise, no. It's a, it's a sausage it's a fest. Okay. Uh, number one, a National Lampoon's Vacation, one of the rides that Griswold family rides on during their grill operation of the shutdown Wally World is the Wally World Whippersnapper. That's why it says number one. Best regards, Paul Weimer. Whippersnapper, Tom. 
that's a, that's a pretty nifty little name. Arthur Jovanangeli. Jovanangeli, right? Sorry, only one this week. Zombieland. Woody Harrelson hops on a roller coaster while shooting a bunch of zombies in a music park. I feel like I played this scenario in a video game before. Either way, lots of zombies are shot. Tom, did you read this one? Arthur, you have played it in a video game before. Maybe multiple video games. See, you only picked one, but it was year number one. So that the listeners should win something for that. Arthur Giovanginelli, you are our winner this week. Congratulations. David Henderson writes, Hi, Kelly, Tom, and Christian. Hi, David. A brief, number three, a brief search on YouTube brought me to a clip of a good... We can't show these clips, can we? No, yeah, we'll just pipe it through. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. We'll pipe it through. All right, now let's go to a clip. Okay, wow. they done watching the clip. <laughs> now we're back. Hope you enjoyed that. And now, through your iPod, I hope. Yeah, go ahead. Now we'll explain what you just watched. <laughs> the clip you just saw was of a good roller coaster crash, the 1977 movie Roller Coaster. <gasps> I have to admit that watching what looks to be 30-pound dummies bouncing around in derailed cars kind of looks better than how a bunch of CG would have looked. David Henderson. Very nice. Okay. I, I mean, I sort of appreciate what he's going for here. Number two, I enjoyed Tom Hanks' performance of a 30-year-old who's actually a 13-year-old. Wait a minute. In Big. That acts like an 8-year-old in the movie Big. I remember Hanks having a good time on a roller coaster with Elizabeth Perkins. You see, I couldn't remember that. All I could remember was the song, and so I couldn't remember a scene. I could just – when my runners-up was going to be the song that he sings, you know, the space goes down, down, baby, down, down the roller coaster. Who sings that? Tom Hanks and Barbara. I was just sings it. Tom Hanks and his little buddy. They, that's the thing that you know, the space goes down. Tom. down baby. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, number one, here's a line. I got to get off. I got to get off. I got to get off. Wow. That's obviously uh, either Seth Rogen and Neighbors or Mary Elizabeth Winstead in Final Destination 3. Jay Baruchel. Ah, have to act in the roller coaster scene at the beginning of Knocked Up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a roller coaster seat and knocked up. That's my reaction. The DVD extras, let us die. You watch the DVD extras and knocked up. Let us know that he's actually terrified of roller coaster rides. Oh, the actual actor. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Seth Rogen's not actually scared of pregnancy. That part was acting. <laughs> Honorable did it, mention. Did it shock anybody that the end of Neighbors, uh, Judd Apatow was uh, thanked? Not in the least. Not at all. Well, actually, Dingus, so the, um, the the writers were, I think, assistants to Jed Apatow in some of his previous movies. Like, if you looked at their credits, they're listed as assistant to Mr. Apatow. Good Lord. <laughs> Everybody's just sitting in a room getting high. <laughs> Who's going to make yeah. the next one? All Who's right. Do it? Okay, yeah, you guys go ahead. Who's going to do rewrites? I don't know. Let's just get high. Ha-ha, <laughs> you guys stayed through the credits. <laughs> yeah, did, didn't you see the very end? No. Did you get the little button at the end, Kelly Wand, of Neighbors? No. Mm. They found Thor's hammer. I thought it was purple CG. Game over. Oh, wait, that was Avengers. Honorable mention goes to Darjeeling Limited, a train ride with prescription painkillers. Not a roller coaster. Excessive cough medicine consumption, poisonous snakes, and pepper spray might as well be a roller coaster. It's worse than Hannah. Uh... See, we said we're not going to read alternates anymore, or Tom made that 
proclaim that. Kelly Ron, you're in charge of this 3x3. It's your pick. You chose the topic. You choose how to proceed. You are the the final judge and adjudicator as for what does and doesn't qualify. So you you run this uh, ride however you will, whether it's as a disinterested 14-year-old, as you put it, or as a mastermind like Donald Sutherland who has designed it and engineered it very carefully. It's totally your show. Oh, he's a mastermind? you got to be really smart to be an astronaut. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. That's true. It is walking around in no gravity. That's complicated. Yeah. Take that, NASA. The lovely and enchanting Gretchen Grasshoff writes, Hey, guys, I don't know how many roller coasters of movies there are, but I can only come up with a few. Here are my top three. Number three, roller coaster. <laughs> Singing wands. I've only watched the crash scene, but it's infinitely more terrifying and realistic than the Final Destination 3 crash. <laughs> Plus, it looks exactly like the wooden coaster I grew up riding. Which was looks, what? Come on. I know, they don't say. They don't say. I know. It's, it's weird when they do name it and when they don't name it. My, my favorite wooden roller coaster is the Grizzly at King's Dominion near Richmond, Virginia. What's it called? The King's what? <laughs> The King's Speech. The King's Rich. The name of the, of, the, of the park of the city. It was the Grizzly. Is the, oh, the roller coaster is called Grizzly. King's the, Dominion is a terrible name for a roller coaster. It is terrible, <laughs> but, but but Virginia was once controlled by a king. This is. King's I, I like one of my favorite roller coasters is uh, the Chancellor's Quarters. I quite like that roller coaster. I, I think you're thinking that. of the dean's the dean's <laughs> office. The knaves, the devil's knave. <laughs> The King's Dominion roller coaster. The King's Dominion. You have entered a realm. Wait, is it like medieval times, but you're going fast in a circle as opposed to heads there in a silverware? Look, the park is called King's Dominion. I can't help what they call their park. The other park I love is called Bush Gardens. What do you want to say about that? There were no protection arm rests in medieval times, hence there's no protective. What are they called? Guardrails? There's no guardrails at King's Dominion. Exactly right. Because there's no guardrails on the Death Star, therefore there are no guardrails on King's Dominion. Anyway, go ahead. Tom, the coaster's called the Grizzly, by the way, because Grizzlies move really fast in a circle. Like anacondas. Damn it. Uh, a friend of mine, his girlfriend works at a, a small production company, and he's telling me like what they're doing next. And uh, he said, yeah, next they're working on... Actually, I even be saying this? Uh, well... Nobody listened. Uh, he said, yeah, next they're doing a, a movie about a killer grizzly in Alaska. And my first thought was, oh, my God, that sounds awesome. But then I realized, you know, I saw like maybe five years ago, there was a really crappy movie about four teenagers in a car that gets attacked by a grizzly bear. It's like Cujo, but with a grizzly bear and, and teenagers. And it was like terrible. Um but anyway, Grizzly, yeah, it does sound like a good name for a uh, roller Wait, coaster. Wait, terrible part, just that it was teenagers? Well, yeah, that? it was just a standard, I mean, they. I think they might have had like a pet bear to stand outside of the car and, you know, stand That's up on its paws like you could do. You get a trained bear to do that sort of thing. I think the, ca- the characters had a, had a bear. <laughs> And no. that brought the wild bear on them. But it occurs to me, like, in theory, I think that's awesome. Because I think of, like, uh, what's that uh, Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin getting a plane wreck, the David yeah. Mamet thing? The Edge. Yeah, right, right. Like, that's a great killer grizzly movie. Um, there was the, the the prophecy from back in the 80s where the mutant grizzly attacks the people. Um, but I think, like, 
on the face of it, a, a killer grizzly bear movie is probably going to be terrible. I don't know why I was excited about that to hear that something like that was in the works. I tried to read Shardick one time. What's that? Is that a, about a bear? <laughs> That's Richard Adams. Yeah, it's the guy who wrote Watership Down, which I read. <laughs> I did too because I, I loved you? Watership Down so much. Yeah, Shardick. That sounds great. Shardick's not like, a bear. Oh, fuck yeah. Is it a bear? Is it a rabbit? Like, yeah. No, it's a bear. Yeah, it's such a weird. It's about the caveman or something. Yeah, bears barely in it. Like the no bear is the spirit of Native Americans or something, and you're just like oh. it's really hard to read. It's just hard to read. Well, I know my next three by three. Let me see. Killer bears. All right. Shardick, dingus. Did you read Plague Dogs? I tried. Mm, I got through I that one. I didn't get through Plague Dogs either. Mm, it's easier than Shardick. Shardick's a rough one. Shardick, you can't even penetrate that. No, I couldn't. I kept trying over and over. Children of Dune, Shardick. I'll figure out one of these fucking things. Uh, back to Russian Grasshoffs. Three. Roller coasters. Number two, you know what, Dave? Just chill, because you know why? Link and I had a stony time. <laughs> Sadly, this wasn't on my list, but it should have been. Encino Man, Tom, you know, when Stony takes Link out to ride the Viper in reverse and check out Fresh Nugs. Never seen that. Fresh. I lived it, so I did Yeah. I forgot his name was Stony. Number one, you want me to suck his dick? Or who the fuck is Dick? Dingus? Does that line mean anything to you? Dicks in hands. Mm. Dicks in our hands. True Romance. The movie is one of my top films of all time and has the best coaster scene. Clarence decides that amusement park is the safest place to do a big drug deal and drags Elliot onto the coaster to explain the details. Poor Elliot's cardigan. As always, thanks for the podcast. And what's great about it is that it is it is filmed like a scene. I mean, you get reaction shots. You get yeah. the you get the uh, from the point of view of Clarence looking over at Elliot. I mean, it's really well while the shot coaster is going. Scene. Like the yeah, coaster's while, in motion. Oh, yeah. While the coaster is going, you get you get reaction shots as they're talking, and uh, and it's it's a really really well feel, well filmed scene. It's really good. Are they having to yell? Because coasters are normally really loud. Like, are they? Do they? Do the dialogue ADR or something? Or are they actually yelling over the sound of a Have moving roller coasters? Well, mainly it's just Clarence talking to Elliot, and Elliot's just getting sick and, and screaming as as Clarence tells him the the particulars of the drug deal. And Elliot will suddenly you know, will ask questions here and there. And uh, Alabama and I forget who Michael Rappaport plays in the back. They're they're screaming because they're just having fun on the roller coaster. <laughs> and in the very front car. Clarence and Elliot are, are trying to do this deal. So there is, I mean, it is talking loud, but it's not screaming. And they just mounted the cameras on the coaster? I don't know how they actually filmed it, but it but it does feel like, I mean, it's it very much feels like you're on this thing. It doesn't feel like CG at all. Well, they just used the camera that takes the picture of your face during the coaster, and then they just sped it up. <laughs> Thank you, Dingus. Appreciate that. Uh... I don't think I remember that scene as well as most people do, the True Romance one, because every time – it was like a game where you'd smoke every time Brad Pitt smoked out of the bear, and that was like right before that, so I kind of forget that scene. Well, what's like great is that they get off and then they, then they talk about – Clarence talks to Elliot about – like he's basically just getting him to – to get him in contact with his producer friend who I, I gosh, now I can't remember the actor who plays the producer friend, but, uh, but they're sitting there outside the roller coaster and he's like, look, 
you know, we can spend the rest of the day you hanging off a roller coaster, but I'm sure you have better things to do. And it's like this weird sort of, uh, I could keep torturing you kind of a scene. Uh, and then they finally go to a payphone and call uh, the guy who's, I can't even remember who like, what the guy's name is. I would recognize him if I saw him. Um, and they call him like when he's driving in his Porsche and he picks up his big cell phone. He's like, why are you calling me on a Sunday? And, and then they make the deal. It's not Tom Sizemore. No, 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 no. It's not. It's it's like the the poor man's uh, uh, Kevin. Um, the con. No, it's not the part. Never mind. Never mind. I can't think of his name. Move on. Aaron Vaughn writes, Dear QT3X3, here are my choices for best use of roller coasters. Number three, these people are terrorists. National Lampoon's Vacation uh, is number two's House on Haunted Hill. Is this an okay rule where if we've if we've heard the entry a certain number of times we, we can skim the listener paragraphs? That's up to oh, you. It's, it's my call to make. Right. Sorry, forgot that rule. All right. And number one, water, water, water. Wait a minute. Ah, this one counts. Does that count, Diga? Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom. The <laughs> I'm surprised cart. we got it's this a roller coaster. Yeah, I roller coaster. We... Yeah, I yeah, am too. I, I am surprised we got this long without someone mentioning that one. <laughs> Uh, it's, it makes sense. It's a commentary. Well, he's clearly doing it. it as a roller coaster right. ride, but it is not a roller coaster in the movie. It is a. It is Which a is mind- weird because they never made a roller coaster of it. Because I remember th- watching the movie, going, "Oh, it'll be cool to actually ride this." It's an Indiana Jones ride, isn't there? Does it not have any roller coaster elements? I don't think it has Temple of Doom elements. Okay. Or yeah, in- child slavery ones? Does it? Dingus. I've actually never been on it. I, don't know. You're I was in, on it once. The, you're in kind of like a big jeep, I think, like a big Humvee. Temple of Doom seems like an obvious, like you come off the raft. Never mind. The minecart scene. Randy Jones, white girl, that kid with the Russian accent, kills six or so natives on the underground roller coaster. This is a roller coaster scene since my top spot because of how much story happens in it. Runners up, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was removed from his list once he heard Tom say that metaphorical roller coasters don't count and the final <laughs> race in Speed Racer is as much a roller coaster as a racetrack. But I figured that won't fly since it's not locked to a track. Thanks for the podcasts, Aaron. Josh writes, This was kind of a hard one. I only have two definite roller coaster ones, possibly a third if you count those haunted house rides where you're on like a mini roller coaster that just kind of goes around slowly while shit jumps out at you. Like uh, Outlast, Tom, my favorite new video game. Ah, yes, very much like that. Uh, number three, The Fun House. Sounds like something Tom should know about. I've seen it, a horror movie with a disfigured person living in a fun house. Um, has some kind of disturbing scenes in it, but a classic sort of slasher. Not classic, uh, kind of a cult favorite slasher film from, not even a slasher film, horror the movie. The Poor Man's Tourist Trap. Um, eh, not really. I think it is like Teenager's... I remember just being really freaked out by stuff I saw in it as a kid and then finally rewatching it. And unlike a lot of the movies, like, you know, like Terror Train that I thought were really scary back then, thinking, oh yeah, this has some genuinely disturbing stuff in it. Um, there's a, there's a set piece where the disfigured, the, well, I won't even spoil it, but, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a movie called Fun House that I think kind of holds up in a way that a lot of those crappy horror Are they, di- is the person disfigured from riding a roller coaster? So they, I don't even recall it. There's, there's one of the, there's like a fun house ride. You know, it's where you sit in the car and the track moves around. It's clearly not a roller coaster. Vengeance against fun. <laughs> is that the subtitle of it? <laughs> fun house, vengeance against fun. Are there such things as tunnels of love? I've never seen one of those in real life. I've only seen oh, them yeah. in movies. Yeah. Like small world feels like one. 
I wonder if so in Roller Coaster the movie there's a scene where uh, George Siegel is in radio communication with Timothy Bottoms and Timothy Bottoms is having him run around the the amusement park doing things ultimately to try to lose uh, his, off a dirty his but but what he does is uh, it's such this quaint look back at what amusement parks used to be like and one of the things that George to has to do no is he has to go up to the ride it's not even a ride the attraction where you stand on a you come up to a scale and there's a woman there and she guesses your weight and your age that's another thing I never understood <laughs> how was that see Steve Martin had already parodied that hadn't he a picture why would you do that I mean that's what What's the attraction of that? And there's a line, like George Siegel yeah. is doing it, and there's a line behind him, and he does, yeah, and, it's, and the lady, like, he's, he need Timothy Bottoms is on the radio, and he's like, okay, now go do the next thing, and he gets off the scale, and the lady's like, wait, don't you want me to guess your age? And he's like, no, I gotta go, I gotta get it, and the next person gets up. Like, who would do that at an amusement park? Well, nowadays, they just use apps for it. They wouldn't have to stay in the line, because we've come a long way with that weight-guessing tech. So it's like that uh, that driving movie you told us about, Tom. What driving movie? I want to see this. Uh, and your age. The Ethan Hawke one, where he's like, "You have now go. You have to go do." Oh yes, yes, yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, is that called the Getaway or Getaway or? Oh, Getaway. Yes. Uh, it's Ethan Hawke and Selena Gomez in a car. Selena Gomez. Footage. Yep. Okay. They're in a car. Garbage can. Exactly. Yeah. A depressed part of me wanted to see that after you saw it, Tom, because you were t- it, it's, it's so stupid. So I don't know if you guys know this, but the key to watching – here's a little public service for, for listeners. The key to watching movies like that is don't go see them in the theater. It's like watch them on Netflix when you're doing other things. Like if you – I went and saw that stupid thing in a theater and sat there for 90 minutes with nothing else to do but pay attention to it. Well, so those movies are great if you just like put them on one screen on your laptop while you're working on a computer or in a window or something. Uh, well, you usually wander into those things, I've noticed. After, like the river, if it was right. playing on a big screen, like after you see your real movie, exactly. So you went all the way. You drove. I'm gonna embellish the story a little. You drove all the way across town to see the getaway specifically. And um, I don't recall if that was a double feature. Yeah, but sometimes, yeah, it, it sometimes it's like a palate cleanser. It's like an it's like an appetizer before the real movie or dessert. Except for the cleansing. Number two, roller coaster. <laughs> Uh, the scene where Timothy Bottoms' terrorist masterminds making George Siegel go on every ride in the theme park, giving orders through a walkie-talkie. I do remember that scene now. First of all, not a terrorist. Not a terrorist. He's just doing it for money. He's no more a terrorist than Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> Who said I was a terrorist? <laughs> he watched 60 Minutes. Seagal. Seagal. <laughs> Steven Seagal. Wait. George Seagal rides the roller coaster in full 70s NART gear. Powder blue suit. <laughs> <laughs> Aviator shades, clutching the walkie-talkie, and a big brown suitcase with cash, looking simultaneously bored and pissed off. <laughs> it is a great scene because he's the the idea is that he's supposed okay. to be like super tough cop dude, you know, and it's really grim because he's trying to prevent a crime. And there the the scenes of him on the roller coaster, and you can't film someone on a roller coaster. It's really hard. Like either the person's having fun or they're really upset and scared because a roller coaster and the camera's jerking him around it's why it makes me wonder about that true romance scene and there's george siegel trying to look kind of tough <laughs> in that outfit uh, and an inspector clue yeah but why is he carrying cash and so it's a it's the handoff it's where he's supposed to bring the money to timothy bottoms and uh timothy bottoms is going to tell him when 
when to leave the suitcase there, and the feds are also watching uh, George Siegel so, so that they can arrest him at the bottoms when he picks up the suitcase. And w- another funny thing is, you know, you get on the ride, you can't bring a big old suitcase on the ride with, money with you. Right. So what happens it's is there are federal thing. agents following him around who intercept the little minimum wage workers, and they're like, hey, kid, let him on with the briefcase. But yeah. they, they show scenes of that in that scene of the little minimum wage 14-year-old kids working at being harassed by the federal agents so that George Siegel can carry his suitcase onto the roller coaster or the Ferris wheel or whatever. And then the cops get to explain to those kids, it's because we're talking to a terrorist who uh, we're doing whatever he wants. Kelly Wan, not a terrorist. Not a terrorist. I mean an extortionist. Right. Even dumber. <laughs> Number one, fear. <laughs> I like, can't believe it took this long to get the fear. For fear? Yeah. Diggis knows what it means. Marky Mark fingers Reese Witherspoon while they ride the roller coaster to the tune of Wild Horses as covered by the Sundays. Oh, yes, I remember it now. I get it mixed up with the same scene with Ryan Felipe and. Um, I find and fingers to be a. Cruel crass. intentions. That's a crass term. What? What are you supposed to call it? Uh, I don't know. Um, gently caressed. Jesus. I first watched this in my friend's basement in high school. (laughs) (laughs) I was alone. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Every word in different quote marks. There's this moment where Reese rolls her eyes back in this really hot way because Wahlberg is Bobby Fisher of the amusement park finger bangs. And for that split second, she looks exactly like this girl I was in love with at the time. Also a fan of the podcast, I'm sure. And so I made my friend rewind the scene and then spent like 10 minutes trying to pause it at the exact frame so I could guess, achieve some special state of pained yearning. Wow. Fred waited in awkward silence at his end of the couch. This is amazing. Well, I remember just be happy for me. Yeah. Ah, perfect. I remember him at one point loudly strawing up the last drops of his Pepsi can. Jesus. Feels good to get that off my chest. Peace, Negroes. Josh. That's awesome. Wow. British Columbian. That's why he's a good writer. Uh, I guess that's the last one. We're all out of listeners, Tom. And so I also thought, because I thought this was a roller coaster, I rewatched another really, really horrible movie from the 70s, a Brian De Palma movie, where I thought that Andrew Stevens used his mind oh, to destroy a, a roller yeah. coaster, and it wasn't a roller coaster. It's one of those things that just yeah. spins around, and you're in a little car. Yeah, yeah, it's like a cyclone thing. I had that too as a runner up for the same reason, but yeah, I like it. Not a roller coaster. With priests, though. No, they were uh, they were Arabs of some sort. They were Arabs wearing um, yeah. same thing. Um, because his his father he Desert. thought was killed by those kinds of terrorists, uh, so he, yeah. he didn't like them, and he freaks out, and he he makes the little whirly bird thing. What would you call it, Kelly Wand? Cyclone? Cyclone thing. Uh, malfunction. He uses his mind so it malfunctions and the, the car goes flying and it flies into another building and, and supposedly kills or at least maims or scares at the very least uh, the Arabs that are riding it. Telekinetic loose cannons only make good assassins in RL. <laughs> well, it really is. Like, you really do I'm not a doctor, this. but... You do get the sense that it's Brian De Palma going, well, I've done Carrie. And someone was like, well, let's get that guy to do this other movie about killer, you know, as you said, telekinetic loose cannons. Uh, And Andrew Stevens is one of them. And do you remember who the other one is, Kelly Wand? Amy Irving. Yeah. Gosh, she was adorable. I know. I didn't remember that. 
Yeah. Do you remember uh, the last scene? I, I didn't until I saw it. Holy cats. Describe it to Dingus. I want you to tell Dingus what the last scene is in The Fury. Oh, God. So uh, this is 1978? Yeah. And Kirk Douglas is a CIA agent. Yep, it? and it's Brian De Palma's... It's got to be like it's after Carrie, so it's maybe like his second or third movie. It's a free ride movie, yeah. but it's before Blowout. And it's terrible. Like You can see a couple of moments where maybe there's some style in it, but it really does look like some crappy made-for-TV thing. So describe the last scene to Dingus. Uh, well, Kirk Douglas is the dad of two telekinetic twins. Amy Irving is the good one, and Andrew Stevens is the mean one. And uh, let's see. Wait, Andrew Stevens dies trying to claw Kirk Douglas's cheek off, doesn't he? I do remember that. Wow, look at you. I didn't recall. I don't think they're twins. Why can't he use telekinesis, though, to, like, not fall? Because um, he, he's a loose cannon. But uh, so, yeah, so all this terrible stuff has happened, and there's only one telekinetic child left, and it's Amy Irving. Telling, take it forever to tell this wand. I'll handle it. <laughs> and so John Cassavetes is the bad guy in the movie, and he has now taken Amy Irving under his protection. And it's the final scene. Take it away, Kelly Wand. Oh, and then she blows up his head by thinking about it. But then you see it from from 38 angles. Oh, you're terrible at this. Not even his head. She blows his whole self up. Just, oh. It's it's like it scanners is uh, like scanners just the head. Is way better scanners is just the head that blows up, but she totally explodes his whole body and his head goes flying around and they do that really stupid thing, like when they're gonna blow something up and they only get one chance at it, they shoot it from like literally a dozen different angles, yeah. but they're so in love with the explosion that they just reshow it from each angle, <laughs> so you get. This You're recurring. supposed to be cheering each time, like yeah. So yeah, and it's such an obvious, you know, it, it's such an obvious explosion of a dummy. Uh, you know, it's just some guy that's got like chicken breasts and food coloring packed into a dummy, and, and they blow it up, and all the stuff goes flying around. And Brian De Palma just, you know, shows it ten different times from ten different scenes, including one from like right overhead, and uh, it's just so goofy. But it's yeah, it's Amy Irving using her mind to explode John Cassavetes. She could have done it sooner. You don't see that every day. Uh, no, she couldn't have because she didn't uh, run into him. She hadn't found him. She needed Kirk Douglas uh, to help her find him. Oh, because she's not a telepath. Well, she's uh, she's fascinated. It's not her brother. She's fascinated with these visions she's had of Andrew Stevens, and she wants to find him. And Kirk Douglas also wants to find him because he is uh, his son. Why is it called the Fury? Because they're mad. Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, other runners up for roller coasters. I have two more, uh, yes, but your description of the many different camera angles and choosing and Brian De Palma not being able to just say, "All right, I've got all these things, but I'm only going to choose one angle," <laughs> reminds me of Neighbors and the Bros versus Hose. Are like, we're just going to keep coming up with things, and we're not going to choose the ones that are funny. We're just going to leave every single one we come up with in right. the movie. That, that Dingus is like the improvisational equivalent of the one explosion that you set up ten cameras to get and you want to show every angle. It's exactly. like, well, they improved and uh, let's use them all. Right. Why not? <laughs> uh, all right. So I don't have any other for scenes on a roller coaster, but I've got two other prepositions. I've got one for under a roller coaster and one for over a roller coaster. What? Crazy. And so since I know we're, not, I'm not going. Neither of us, none of us, are going to say, hey. Your top three scenes under a roller coaster. I'm just going to go ahead and give this one. This would be um, I, one of my favorite roller coaster scenes, but it's not technically on a ro- roller coaster. Is uh, is Alvy Singer describing his house built under the Coney Island ah. Thunderbolt roller? No, coaster. that's good. And him Which, like 
trying to drink or eat soup, and he's and describing his nervous condition. And don't we also know that roller coaster from Jared Leto pushing a TV past it? Oh, does it? Is that? Is, oh, yeah, that must be Coney Island. You're right. Yeah, it's Requiem for a Dream. There we go. Ah. What's the one over a roller coaster? Why would you ever have a scene over a roller coaster? Daniel? Well, it's smaller than a roller coaster. Well, well you actually yeah. see the roller coaster in the in the in the foreground at the beginning of the scene. It's sort of an establishing shot. It's called the. Um, I, I just I had to look this one up because I didn't know the name of the roller coaster, but I was really trying to look up names of roller coasters because I love roller coasters. This is called the Prater. It's in Vienna, and so it's in before sunrise. And seen over the roller coasters, they're in, they're in a gondola, and uh, this is at, when they're at the um, amusement park. And this is this is their first kiss, and she and she finally says, are, "Are you trying to say you want to kiss me?" But this is after. They've they've kind of wandered through the amusement park, and you see the you see this this iconic it's not iconic but it's a famous roller coaster from Vienna called the Prater that that scoops through in the foreground. And I just remember, and, and all I can think of was in Before Sunrise. Don't they ride a roller coaster? And don't they kiss on the roller coaster? But as it turns out, they kiss on a gondola, and I really couldn't I couldn't really <laughs> make a gondola. Those are Italy's roller coasters. coasters. Yeah, so it doesn't really work. Yet. Uh, Kelly Wan, name uh, the other two movies, the sequels to Before Sunrise. Before Midnight? Go on. Before Dawn of the Dead. Yep, Kelly Wan, your score is zero. Well done. Before <laughs> the sun goes away. Uh, it's not a roller coaster, but there are some really cute uh, funicular scenes in Grand Budapest Hotel. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, Kelly Wan, did you have... Oh, wait, I was good. Yes. Yeah, I did. Sorry. Yes. Wait, you can finish asking me if you want. Kelly Wan, did you have any runners-up for favorite no. orchestra scenes? In a oh, yeah, I did. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no. Smokey and the Bandit 1, uh, they trick Sheriff Jackie Gleason by driving under a roller coaster while music plays. And and then uh, I forget how it ends. I think I think it collapses. That actually makes, reminds me there's a... Uh, famous. I don't know about famous. There is a uh, famous if you've played it because you can't very well avoid it. There's a roller coaster bit in one of the levels in Left for Dead, where you've got to go on the tracks and get away from the zombies. Because Left for Dead is okay, all about yeah, yeah. trying to get away from zombies. It's shepherd. It's moving you through the level, and at one point you're having to go down roller coaster tracks. Yeah, but you don't get on the coaster and smash zombies. That is a very good point, Kelly. One. It's, 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 it's not. It's not in operation. There's nobody running it. So yeah. Uh, okay, you guys ready for next week's 3x3? Yes. This was inspired by the movie we saw this week. Oh. Right. Yeah, we saw a little movie called Neighbors. There's a famous party scene in it where uh, lots of stuff happens. Uh, <laughs> is that what the topic is? What <laughs> are your favorite lots, scenes where lots of stuff happens? Lots of stuff happens. Uh, I can't this, think of any. So the roller coaster one, I'm going to give you guys a little break from Kelly Wan's specificity with roller coasters. Okay. I'm going to give you something very broad and let you do with it what you will. And what I want from this is there are lots of movies that have party scenes. I want party scenes from movies that are important to you or that mean something and that have somehow <laughs> have some significance in the movie. Not just, yeah, they got a lot of extras and they, they played music loud and there was lighting and stuff happened. I, I want to know why you like the party scene in the movie that you're picking. So what are your best movie parties? Wait, am I allowed to ask questions? Absolutely not. <laughs> You know what I say when it's absolutely not. <laughs> Kelly, you know what? Here's the deal. 
I will let you ask questions if you can get all the way through the scene with me doing the lines that Kurt Russell and Kim Cattrall do in Escape from New York. I will be playing the part of Kurt Russell. You will be playing the part of Kim Cattrall. If you fail one of the lines before we get to the end of the scene, you cannot ask me a question. If you get all the way through the scene, then you can ask me three questions about the 3 by 3 You ready, Kelly Wand? I have laid out a lot of rules. Let me just get Kelly Wand, here we go. Can I ask you a serious question? Absolutely not. Well, then, would you ever think about just jumping in? Absolutely not. Oh, you cut me off, but you didn't do it with the right line. The the correct line would have been, sure, but never with someone in your condition. Well, let's talk about my condition. What's wrong with it? You should try standing downwind from where I am. It's Miller time. Well, you know what I always say when it's Miller time. See, that's great dialogue. That right there. She She doesn't get a chance to say because one of the little gang members... uh, Precious past Yeah, a lot of stuff happens. Stuff happens. It's not a party though, so you couldn't use it for next week's three. Well, he's trying to make it a party. <laughs> I love that you append that has some significance in the movie. I thought that was every topic. Well, uh, mm, wait, I can do it this time for two of us anyway. <laughs> uh, and next week, I'm, I'm, I, I think it's going to be terrible, but that's okay. I'm super excited about finding. You know, it's I guess the first. Is it a summer? Yeah, it's the first big summer blockbuster. Summer. It's Godzilla is next week. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be terrible, but at least they got, you know, when, when Gareth Edwards, is that his name? When he did Monsters, it had this weird art house quality to it. Now they're throwing a bunch of money at him to reboot the Godzilla franchise. So I'm, I'm super psyched to see what he does, even if it's terrible. Oh, I'm so excited. Does he fight another monster? I think it, I don't, I didn't see a verses in the title, but maybe I didn't look closely enough. Sometimes, Kelly Wan, I don't read the title of a movie because it could be a spoiler. Godzilla should fight uh, Cthulhu. Uh, oh my god, Kelly Wan, I thought you were going to say something stupid. Instead, you just said something brilliant. Oh my <laughs> god. Specific question. Kelly Wan, you blew my mind as much as Jonathan Glazer and Under the Skin. Would that be rooting for Godzilla? Oh, Absolutely not. Godzilla wow. Would just go crazy. <laughs> Uh, so join us, uh, see Godzilla, and join us for the podcast when we talk about that next week. If you have any uh, party scenes from movies that, that you really like, we want to hear about them, and we'd love to read them on the air. Send them in to 3 by 3 at quarter to 3com That's the number 3, the letter X, the number 3, at, and you spell out quarter to 3com We'll read them on the air. Uh, and I will... Um, You'll never find a lower bar than that. Than what? Best party? Well, us reading something you wrote on the air. Oh, right. Well, yeah. It's not like we're saying it has to be good. Um, yeah. yeah. We have no... Right. We we love when people... Uh, Ours aren't even things. good. Yeah. Well, well, Kelly Wands are great, of course. Look, I don't... It's, it's hard. It, it's very difficult. I mean, Sweet Liberty. I'm so glad someone finally mentioned that movie in a 3 yeah. by 3 It's been it's It's been a long time coming, Kelly Wands. Thank you. I can't believe there wasn't a roller coaster in Zapped. Mm. Oh, wait. There is. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, and there's a barrels ride where the ah shit, and they even refer to it as the scariest roller coaster ever. Like that's how he entices Heather Thomas. So I was joking. I do suspect though, Dingus, that there is a party in Zapped. So mm. uh, all right. So join us next week. I'm Tom Chick. I've been joined by Christian McCrosky. It's Christian Morosky and Kelly Wand. You know what I say when it's Kelly Wand? Every day I'm shuffling. Shuffling, shuffling. Step up 
don't be mad, I'll stop. Hey, it's bad. One more shot for us. Another round. We fill up a cup. Don't mess around. We just want to see. Just shake it up. Now you home with me. Get naked now. Dingus bailing play scientist and Godzilla. Ready? Penis completed. <laughs> that was a good line. See? Dingus found the good line. Good line, Dingus! Now I can go to class while my penis prints. <laughs>